Audio Jungle. Tonight, more states rolling back school mask mandates as cases plunge and the state of emergency in Canada. What authorities are doing about the protests that has paralyzed the capital. The deadly shooting at a supermarket in Washington state. The manhunt tonight and the photo police just released. High stakes meeting over Ukraine. President Biden with Germany's new chancellor at the White House. France's president with Vladimir Putin in Russia. And new intel on what Russia has been doing at Ukraine's border. The Chinese tennis star denying she accused a powerful leader of sexual assault. Why her new interview is raising even more questions. The soaring cost of used cars. If you lease your vehicle, what you should know right now. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Tonight, the Chinese tennis star who accused a Communist Party official of sexual abuse giving an interview, but with a government official seated next to her. Critics say she's still not able to speak freely. Here's Janice Mackey Freyer. Tonight, a new interview with Chinese tennis star Peng Shuai, raising new questions about her well-being. Peng telling a French newspaper her explosive allegations against a top Communist Party official were misunderstood. I never said anyone had sexually assaulted me in any way, she said, though it's unclear if Pong was speaking freely. A Chinese Olympic official next to her translating Pong's words. Asked what her life had been like since the scandal started, Pong said, it's been what it's supposed to be, nothing special. The controversy around Peng Shuai started last November, when she accused the official of sexual assault in a social media post that was quickly deleted. Peng then dropped from public view, triggering worries about her freedom and safety. The Women's Tennis Association saying the new in-person interview, quote, does not alleviate any of our concerns. Pung also met with International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach. IOC officials would not say if they believe Pung was under duress. I don't think it's up for us to be able to judge uh, in one way, just as it's not for you to judge either. And now fresh concern for another Chinese athlete, Dinagir Miliujang, a Uyghur cross-country skier who lit the flame at the opening ceremony who competed Saturday, finishing 43rd, then quietly retreated. At the press zone, she was a no-show. In the interview, Peng Shuai also announced she's retiring from tennis, though it isn't clear where this leaves the WTA, which pulled all its tournaments from China. Lester? Janice Mackey Freyer in Beijing tonight. Thank you. Well, it turned out of COVID as cases continue to drop. Several states, including California now, have announced they'll soon lift mask mandates. But the country remains divided, especially over schools. 
Gabe Gutierrez went to two school districts in Ohio, one with a mask mandate, one without. Today, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Delaware all announcing plans to lift school mask mandates. This is a huge step back to normalcy. Just outside Cleveland, Troy Intermediate School no longer requires masks in class, only recommends them. How effective has mask wearing been? I think it's been very, very effective. Of its 550 students, 83 have tested positive this school year. Staffing issues also forced the school to close in December during the Omicron surge when masks were optional. We're at the point where we feel like we've got to learn how to live with this. Just 35 miles away, Warrensville Heights Elementary has kept its mask mandate. Of its 890 students, 31 have tested positive this school year. It has not closed due to an outbreak. The community believes that wearing masks is a barrier to try to prevent the spread. Nationwide, more than 60% of the 500 largest school districts still require masks, though data on how effective they are in preventing outbreaks in schools is limited. One survey conducted by the CDC of 169 schools in Georgia found those with a mask requirement had 21% fewer COVID cases than schools where masks were optional. Another study in Arizona found schools were three and a half times more likely to experience a COVID outbreak if they did not have a mask requirement. But the methodology of those studies has been questioned. We don't have very convincing studies that masks have a large impact on preventing either transmission of disease within the school setting. There's also a lack of data on the downsides of wearing masks in schools. The biggest downside to wearing masks in school is the mental and social aspects. Some parents argue it should be their choice. Children's languages are developing at a young age, and if we mask them at age two and they're not seeing the mouths move, then you know, some of that can cause some developmental delays. But for others, the pros outweigh any cons. I think they should be wearing masks. Um, a lot of parents have the opportunity to get COVID vaccinations for their kids, and a lot of them do not. It's a tough de decision um, to make for any parent. But at the end of the day, if it's keeping our children safe, the White House said today that universal masking in schools is still recommended, but that ultimately it's up to local school districts to decide what to do, Lester. All right, Gabe, thank you. In Canada, a major vaccine protest that could have an impact here. More than a thousand truckers in the capital protesting a vaccine requirement to enter the U.S., using their big rigs to drive home their point. Here's Miguel Almaguer. The ear-piercing protests snarling streets with big rigs as demonstrators demand an end to the country's mandatory vaccine requirement for truckers crossing the U.S.-Canadian border. Dubbed the Freedom Convoy, the movement is being called an insurrection by some, paralyzing the Canadian capital. 
No one's here to hurt anything. We're just here to be heard. The Canadian Trucking Alliance estimates just 10% of cross-border truckers are unvaccinated. In a blow to protesters, one source of funding has been cut off after GoFundMe said they'll return $9 million in donations, citing unlawful activity. We are turning up the heat in every way we possibly can within our operations and enforcement. Today, a Canadian judge signed an injunction to stop incessant honking as diesel fumes frustrate residents and shop owners alike. It's difficult to breathe. You can't hear yourself think after after an hour, you know, the headache is excruciating. The 11-day protest now declared a state of emergency, with much of the city locked down in a blanket of gridlock. The mayor now asking for 2,000 additional police officers. What was initially described as a peaceful protest has now turned into a siege of our downtown area. With reports of protests turning violent, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says there's no plan for now to call in the military to clear the streets. We're gonna end these mandates. We're gonna end these lockdowns. Sarah Chowan's restaurant is empty. The unprecedented occupation of Ottawa has a stranglehold on the economy. People are struggling to pay their bills, pay their rent. They're begging to come in for work, but there's simply no work to be had right now. For now, the White House says the chaos in Canada has not yet affected the fragile supply chain here in the U.S., but that could soon change. Lester. All right, Miguel Almaguer, thank you. A manhunt underway tonight after a deadly shooting at a supermarket in southeast Washington state. Police tweeting out an image of the person of interest from the Fred Meyer store in Richland. Investigators say multiple shots were fired, killing one man and leaving an employee in critical condition. No word yet on a possible motive. An all-out diplomatic offensive in the standoff with Russia over Ukraine. The French president in Moscow, the German leader in Washington, as a massive Russian force remains at the border. Richard Engel is in Ukraine. A senior Western intelligence official tells NBC News tonight that Russia's troop buildup around Ukraine is not slowing down. And that with each passing day, the chances of a Russian invasion go up. The scope of what Russia may do, however, remains unclear. From seizing a pocket in eastern Ukraine to a total invasion from all sides. We ask soldiers today on the front line. How could you defend against a, a massive Russian invasion? You have what look like ancient trenches here our trenches just look ancient but uh, in the trenches we are hidden so we are ready to strike back enemy forces french president macron in moscow today pushing diplomacy with president putin who again 
said he would not invade and praise some of Macron's proposals. While President Biden met with Germany's new chancellor, trying to smooth over divisions within NATO, Germany has so far been reluctant to define sanctions against Russia or send weapons to Ukraine. Germany's completely reliable. Completely, totally, thoroughly reliable. I have no doubt about Germany at all. A senior intelligence official tells me tonight Russian agents have tried three times since January to carry out attacks or start riots to create instability, all thwarted, and that now Western intelligence agencies are assisting Ukraine to identify internal threats. Lester. Richard Engel, thank you. In just 60 seconds, the Supreme Court order that could have an impact in the midterm elections and navigating this red-hot car market with prices way up, what should you do? A Supreme Court victory tonight for Alabama Republicans. They won't have to create another congressional district for black voters in this year's elections. Pete Williams is here. Pete, it's the court's first big redistricting case. It is, and roughly one-fourth of Alabama's population is black luster, but black voters have a majority in only one of the state's seven congressional districts held by a Democrat. After Alabama Republicans drew a new map to adjust political boundaries based on shifts in population, a panel of three federal judges, including two appointed by President Trump, said they needed to try again and add a second black majority district. Tonight, the Supreme Court, by a 5-4 to four vote, put that ruling on hold and agreed to take up Alabama's appeal. So the map drawn by Republicans will be in effect for this year's elections. And tonight's action by the Supreme Court could also mean trouble for challenges now brewing in other states over new political maps that weaken the power of the minority party, Lester. All right, Pete Williams, thank you. Now to a question many a car shopper has asked, should I buy or should I lease? Tom Costello now on why that answer may be changing in the price you pay. If you're car shopping, prepare for sticker shock. The global computer chip shortage means there's often a long wait for new cars to buy or lease. Prices up 15% in a year. And used cars are also soaring to an average of $31,000 for a four to seven year old car, up from 20,000 before the pandemic. Lori Crothers wants to spend $15,000 on a used car for her teenagers. So far, she's finding only high-mileage cars for $25,000. I don't want to buy something that I'm spending way more money on than what it truly is worth. If you're in a lease that's about to expire, there could be a silver lining. Here's why. When you sign a three-year lease, you lock in a purchase price should you decide to buy the car when your lease is up. Those prices are now almost certainly much lower than a new car or even that same used car today. I would suggest you do buy it. Chances are it's going to be a lot cheaper than what you're going to get on the market right now. 
Corinne Hanshaw's lease is up this month, but with few new cars available, she opted to stick with what she has. I decided to purchase my current vehicle and I was able to save an extra $100 a month and that adds up. Helping to drive used car prices up even more, some lease customers are buying their cars, then quickly selling them. We have a lot of our consumers that are buying that vehicle from the leasing company, trading it in and making a profit on it. A big profit, sometimes $10,000 and more. Big money for a down payment for a new car, but be warned you may have a long wait before that new, more expensive car arrives. Lester? Tom Costello, thanks. Tonight's primetime coverage of the Olympics begins at 8 Eastern time here on NBC. That's nightly news for this Monday. I'm Lester Holt. Thanks for watching. Please take care of yourself and each other. Audio Jungle. with Emily Chang. San Francisco and this is Bloomberg Technology coming up in the next hour. Shares of Peloton surging amid reports that it's exploring takeover options. What company might be the right fit? We will discuss. Plus, Peter Thiel's plans to double down on his support for former President Trump's political agenda. And he doesn't want that to be a distraction for Mark Zuckerberg. Details on why he is stepping away from Facebook's parent company. And Spotify CEO Daniel X says the company will not drop Joe Rogan's podcast from the platform despite more controversies resurfacing. More on that later this hour. We will get to all of that in a moment, but first let's get a look at the markets. U.S. stocks falling in late trading amid renewed declines in big tech. Our Ed Ludlow here to break it down. Ed? Yeah, it's been an up and down kind of day. We swung from an eight-tenths of one percent gain on the Nasdaq 100, very tech-heavy index, to an eight-tenths of one percent decline. And it was those big names in technology, Meta, the Facebook parent, of course, having another down day, five percent. That takes its year-to-date decline to more than 30 percent. And that breaking news you just discussed after the bell that Peter Thiel will step down from the company's board, which he's been on since 2005. There was a bright spot, though. It's in cryptocurrencies. And I actually want to quickly look at Bitcoin over the last five days or so, because it was five straight days of gains on the world's most valuable token by market value. You can see it's kind of sustained momentum. We're back above $40,000 per token. That stretch of five days of gains, because of course, crypto trades 24-7 over the weekend. For those of you that had a nice time off not looking at markets this weekend, can't speak for myself, then that's the best run of gains since September. But the big company story, of course, Peloton, rising by the most 
ever. Really significant gain, had been up more than 30%. We kind of paired that throughout the day. And then there's the other players, right? Wall Street Journal reports Friday, Amazon's taking a look, talking to advisors, hasn't spoken to Peloton directly. The Financial Times, Nike, taking a look, talking to its advisors, hasn't spoken to Peloton directly. And Bloomberg News reporting that Peloton is assessing its own options, but the street out there with a number of hypotheses that Disney could be a potential suitor, Apple too could be a potential suitor. You have Dan Isa Webbush calling for that one but no real traction in the markets for those names that would be would-bes. Interesting. All right, Ed Ludlow, I want to stick with Peloton. According to sources, as Ed just reported, the Connected Fitness Company working with an advisor to explore takeover options. We're told the interest is exploratory, might not lead to a deal, but what company could be a fit to buy Peloton? I want to bring in Simeon Siegel of BMO Capital Markets, who currently has an underperform rating on the company, our very own Mark Gurman, who covers Peloton for us. So, Mark, obviously, we heard what Ed just reported. Uh, tell us, you know, anything we know more in terms of details, whether or not this deal or a deal like this is actually going to happen. Well, of course, we know that both Amazon and Nike are taking a look at Peloton. They are weighing potential bill, uh, bids for the company. Uh, I think for Nike, it would make a lot of sense, given that they already have a ton of athletic apparel. Obviously, that's their business. So Peloton could fit in pretty nicely, giving them a new hardware business. Obviously, they had the fuel band wearables several years ago. That was discontinued around 2013, 2014. So this would put them back sort of in the physical health tech space. It would give them the workout classes and would give them a, a brand new way to reach customers and, you know, integrate a pretty successful brand, even though they've been taking a little hit recently in there. Amazon makes sense for, from the sheer amount of money the company makes. I think Amazon would integrate it heavily into Prime, make the Peloton subscription part of the Prime subscription. So you'd need to buy all of that, and that could be a new revenue source for Amazon. I strongly believe that Apple won't be buying Peloton if a deal gets done in the near term. Uh, I don't believe Apple has made a bid, and I don't believe at this point they are interested in Peloton. So I think you could rule that out, at least for the time being. But obviously, you know, things could change. Things get fluid into the future. Right, and Apple certainly never made a deal this big and has shies away from big acquisitions at all. Simeon, wide range of names here. Apple, Amazon, Lulu, Nike, Disney. Who do you think would make uh, the best owner for Peloton and what makes sense? Nick Ray had this wide list. They're like the largest mega caps of the kind of like the world. It's like, take your pick. So, so I, I think Mark brings up some really interesting points. And I think the fuel band is a really important point that people don't really talk about, but I'm going to come at it from the reverse angle. Uh, we cover the athletic companies. So I cover Nike, Under Armour, Lulu. You watched all of these brands that sell shirts and shoes enter in one way or another equipment and hardware and then pull it back. And I think what they're increasingly showing is what they want to do is they want to sync with everyone. They want to be neutral and they want to be able to play in that world more from the software angle than from the hardware. So I, I would be surprised from, from the Nike perspective. I think, listen, I think like the biggest question is figuring out what value Peloton brings. And I think that what's interesting are the notion of Apple buying Peloton was floated when Peloton had its star incredibly rising and Apple chose not to do it. I mean, is there really this distinction if we're thinking about this is going to be needle moving? How, how important is that price? And I think that what we have to determine is do an Apple or an Amazon or did do any of these companies want a fixer up or restructuring story or do they want a growth story? Generally speaking, I think we probably agree the latter. If we think about Whole Foods, if we think about Beats, if we think about the, the shiny, really exciting companies that these companies buy. And by the way, I love Peloton as a product. I'm, I'm a user. 
But I think what we're seeing is faltering demand. We're seeing a rebase in terms of what this company represents. And that's why I think right now, Peloton's best bet is probably what they've been doing. It's starting to re-elevate. It's starting to raise price rather than cut it and start to kind of core focus on who that strong, loyal, really impressive base actually is. Right. There's no question there certainly is a big, loyal user base out there. But how many new users is Peloton really, Peloton really going to add at this point? And a new owner isn't going to change the problem that maybe the connected fitness market is just a smaller market than some folks thought when we were in the middle of a pandemic. You know, how will uh, a new or, or a bigger company address some of these challenges? Simeon? So you said it, right, a big, a big base. It's actually not that big, right? Relative to a startup, 2.77 million subscribers is fantastic. Relative to one of the mega cats we're talking about, and it doesn't move the needle. So I think it's exactly your point. Listen, Peloton dropped the price of their bike pretty heavily and did not see a surge in demand. What that means is there's not a high price elasticity. So I think that what we are seeing is COVID was a pull forward of demand, not an expansion of it. And at the end of the day, Peloton is a fantastic company for a very niche, insulated group of people. And that people has been phenomenal. It's been bigger. It's grown faster, et cetera. But it doesn't make it on the same plane as some of these mega caps in the world. Mark, what's your sense of a size of a deal if this happens and the likelihood of something actually happening? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't think it's very likely. Obviously, Peloton reports earnings tomorrow, so it's possible that Peloton lawyers and lawyers for, you know, potential acquirers are going to work through the night and into the morning tomorrow in the afternoon to try to get something done. Uh, but at this point, it seems like things have only started moving in recent days very quickly, obviously with Peloton hiring advisors and some of the potential acquirers hiring advisors to investigate a potential deal. Uh, in terms of what it would be priced at, I mean, obviously Peloton would want to come in above its market cap, which is now below $10 billion. Uh, I, I agree. There's probably a better world for Peloton here if they started to sort of, you know, raise their prices a little bit, try to expand their product portfolio and try to stick this out independently, right? There is no absolute natural fit for Peloton, I think, of one of the mega caps or one of the larger companies. I think it does fit in terms of what we've talked about. Uh, I do think Nike is the best fit of the three, uh, but, you know, I'm not sure something gets done by tomorrow. Sammy, and if a deal doesn't happen, where does that leave Peloton? Listen, we have an underperform on the stock like the products, but I think that right now this company is going through a reset. How many growth stories do we know once they become restructuring stories? It's not normally a fixed issue in the quarter. I, I think that right now there's a process. I think they're making healthy decisions. Healthy decisions aren't necessarily the bullish decisions for the short term. So I think that the reality is they need to look inward. They need to fix this cost structure. And then we can evaluate what the company is worth from here. But especially after today, I mean, we have an underperform on the stock. All right. Mark, uh, I do want to ask you about another story you're reporting on, and that is Apple's big uh, event coming up on March 8th. You're reporting that they're working on a low-cost iPhone and iPad. What can you tell us? So this will be an event uh, currently planned for Tuesday, March 8th, one of their virtual launches. This will be the probably the least significant and the smallest one of the year. This will be for a new iPhone SE and a new iPad Air. The big upgrade coming to both will be 5G. Uh, those products are stuck on chips from 2020 uh, and earlier, lower-end 4G processors. This will be a 5G upgrade, so look out for that. All right. Mark Gurman, Bloomberg, and Simeon Siegel of BMO Capital Markets. Thank you both for breaking all that down. Meantime, Toshiba has scrapped a plan to divide into three companies that was criticized by activist investors. Instead, the Japanese tech giant will split in two and sell 
non-core assets. Toshiba says that'll be cheaper and smoother than the original plan. Coming up, Peter Thiel doesn't want his political values to distract from Meta, so he's stepping down from the company's board. All the details next. This is Bloomberg. of a controversial partnership. Peter Thiel, tech investor and conservative provocateur who has advised Mark Zuckerberg for nearly two decades at Facebook, now Meta, will step down from the company's board after its annual shareholder meeting in May. Techonomy founder David Kirkpatrick, who of course wrote the Facebook effect about the history of Facebook and our very own Kurt Wagner, who covers Facebook, joining us now. So Kurt, uh, let's start with what we know here. What do we know about why Peter Thiel is leaving now, of course, you know, his support for President Trump has been very controversial, but Mark Zuckerberg ha has at all times uh, supported Thiel in the name of ideological diversity on Facebook's board. Yeah, so we are hearing that part of the reason uh, he's stepping down is that he wants to, you know, continue to push uh, former President Trump's agenda during this upcoming 2022 election cycle and that it would be a distraction for Facebook. Now, it's a little bit uh, uh, confusing only because Peter Thiel has been supporting President Trump for years, and uh, Facebook has stuck by him during all of that time. So it's a little bit odd to, you know, finally leave now if that is indeed the real reason. But regardless, he has been on the board for, I believe, 17 years now. Uh, obviously, as you pointed out, a controversial relationship there between Mark Zuckerberg and, and him. And so whether it's to push Trump's agenda or to do something else uh, is very significant that, that at this point he's finally stepping aside. David, you know better than almost anyone aside from maybe Mark Zuckerberg and Peter, Peter Thiel themselves, the nature of their relationship, that history, uh, you, know, you know, his importance or, or the lack thereof to the company. What do you make of this? Yeah, it's a shocking development, although I think probably a beneficial one for the company long term. There's no question, Thiel was someone that Zuckerberg listened to more carefully and with more respect than almost anyone for much of the company's history, especially when it came to making financial decisions, uh, big picture decisions. But I think that Thiel's presence has really accentuated the impression that Facebook is unduly sympathetic to the right wing. Um, and that is the impression many have had in, in, in its failures to moderate certain kinds of content. Now, the opinion on the right is quite the opposite, that Facebook is too negative. But the, 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 I think a more objective view is that Facebook has not done enough to, to moderate voices that are considered to be right wing. And I think Teal has played a huge role in influencing him to be that way. Uh, does Facebook or Meta, Kurt, still have that quote-unquote ideological diversity on the board without Peter Thiel? Uh, yes, I, although it would not be nearly as, as dramatic, I don't think. Um, you know, you, you still have uh, very outspoken board members, including Mark Andreessen, uh, of Andreessen Horowitz, of course. He's on the board, someone who's known Mark Zuckerberg a very long time, very opinionated uh, in, in politics and business. He's still there. But you are starting to see 
this board kind of shift um, uh, focus a little bit. It, it has become more, you know, friends of Mark Zuckerberg, loyalists to Mark Zuckerberg than I think we've maybe seen historically. And so, you know, the fact that Peter Thiel, obviously the two of them were very close, but the fact he's stepping aside, as David points out, is certainly still, uh, I would say, very significant. All right. Uh, meantime, another big story uh, on the Facebook front, Facebook threatening to pull Facebook and Instagram out of Europe based on new pending rules from the EU about data transfers from Europe to the United States. This statement coming from Meta directly, we have absolutely no desire and no plans to withdraw from Europe, but the simple reality is that Meta and other businesses, organization services, rely on data transfers between the EU and the U.S. in order to operate global services. Kurt, is this, I mean, would Facebook actually do this, pull out of Europe? <laughs> It seems unlikely to me for obvious reasons. I mean, this would be absolutely devastating to the company's uh, reach. It would be devastating to the advertising business. Um, but let's just remember that last year, uh, Facebook did pull news from Australia. Now, a very different uh, step than removing the service entirely. But my point being is that they are not necessarily afraid to kind of make these threats and at least you know, attempt to go through with them. And so while I don't think that it's going to happen, um, I'm not necessarily surprised that Facebook is starting to throw their weight around a little bit more and say, hey, listen, we're, you know, it's a benefit to EU uh, citizens to have Facebook and Instagram here. We're going to dangle that in front of you and, and threaten to take it away if you don't play ball with us. David, this is a complex issue here. Who has the better argument, Meta or the EU? Well, it's not really in question because the EU is the legal jurisdiction and they have a right to make the rules as they see fit. I do think the chances are extremely good on this question that the EU and the US will come to some kind of an agreement before Meta Facebook pulls out of Europe. Because as Kurt says, that would be a radical incredibly destabilizing, stock-destroying move uh, and, and hugely upsetting for the over 400 million Europeans who are monthly active users of Facebook. Uh, but there are other issues that are on the horizon that might be even more problematic in the Digital Services Act, which the EU is contemplating. And it could be that Facebook is talking like this now, sort of to put a shot over the bow to make the European regulators realize that they are not going to just sit back and let their business be dramatically impacted by prospective regulation. Well, and what's really an impending issue is the stock price down another 5% today after that huge plunge last week between this data transfer issue, what we learned about the Apple privacy changes, Kurt, and how that's impacting digital advertising. You know, what are the holes we're seeing in Facebook's business model at mm -hmm. this point? I, I think we're really realizing just how dependent Facebook is on so many other uh, institutions and companies, right? We've known for a long time that the service relies on 
Apple, for uh, the iPhone to reach people, for Android and Google to reach people. But up until now, we haven't really seen them suffer because of decisions of these other uh, companies. And, and we're seeing that now, right? Apple is able to wipe $10 billion of ad revenue from Facebook's 2022 forecast by simply changing its privacy rules, right? And here we have regulators in the EU similarly making threats that could dramatically impact the business. And so I think we're just kind of realizing what Mark Zuckerberg has known all along, which is that Facebook is incredibly dependent on others. And when they choose not to play in a way that, that benefits Facebook, it can have really uh, dramatic consequences. All right, lots to continue to follow. Kurt Wagner, thank you for your input there. David, you're sticking with us. We're gonna get back to you a bit later in the show. Coming up, Tesla being subpoenaed yet again, and it has to do with Elon Musk's tweets. We'll dive in next. This is Bloomberg. Tesla has received another subpoena from the U.S. SEC about a subject that keeps coming up. Elon Musk's tweets back in 2018, tweeting he was considering taking the car maker private. For more, I want to bring in Bloomberg's David Welch. David, I thought this issue was settled. What's happening now? Well, this issue should have been settled a couple of times, but it just keeps coming back up. Uh, so yeah, it's all goes back to Elon Musk's funding secured tweet uh, when he was going to take the company private. He got in all kinds of uh, trouble for that. And the two sides had settled, and he was supposed to have reviews for anything he tweets out. In other words, it was supposed to be treated like any other company communication. Lawyers would review it and make sure that he's not in breach of securities fraud and, and so forth. Uh, and then he had uh, tweeted out again about a production outlook, and the SEC filed to hold him in contempt of that. They settled in April 2019, again, setting up uh, procedures, government procedures, that, that would review his tweets. Um, and now they're, uh, they're taking a look again um, because 10 days before this November subpoena was issued, uh, he took a weekend or he took a, a, a poll uh, on Twitter asking whether he should sell 10 percent of his shares. Not quite sure it's, it's related to this. But the timing's awfully coincidental, and um, you know he's he's just been monitored for this before. The shares really took a hit after he put that uh, that tweet out, and he was supposed to be having these things reviewed. So Elon likes to use Twitter; he frequently does so without uh, you know <laughs> really having a lot of review, and it just keeps landing him and the company in hot water. So. What's the likely fallout here? I mean, are, are you looking at a, a potential penalty? There's this uh, impending lawsuit coming up in May. What are we expecting there? Well, what will happen out of this, I'm not sure. I mean, he's already had to give up the chairmanship of the company, and it doesn't look like he's going to try to get it back, and the company has had to pay fines. They, they could possibly fine him again. That um, doesn't really seem to be uh, you know, stopping him from tweeting. He doesn't tweet as often as he used to, but these still are tweets that are essentially material information uh, that move, uh, that are moving the shares. Um, his lawyer said in a court filing last week uh, that the, the 
2018, August 2018 uh, tweet about taking the company private was truthful at the time. It wasn't fraud, uh, but it, you still do get into a situation where you're putting market-moving information out on the street, and, and, and that seems to be what the SEC is, is just tired of seeing from this company. We know Tesla doesn't have a traditional PR team anymore. Elon basically speaks for himself. But any response from Elon or Tesla on this latest development yet? No, and we haven't heard back from uh, the SEC on this yet either. We don't really, we don't, we don't really have any more detail from either side. But if when they're issuing a subpoena for an issue that was supposed to be settled three years ago, then you know they, they have to be looking for something and. It's just not a good look for Elon, and it's not a good sign for them either. All right. Bloomberg's David Welsh, thanks so much for that update. We'll continue to follow. Well, the tight labor market and war for talent is impacting even the biggest of giants. Amazon is now more than doubling its maximum base salary from $160,000 to $350,000. Quite a jump there, citing a need to remain competitive in attracting and retaining top talent. Reports indicate the turnover rate at Amazon has reached crisis levels with a record 50 vice presidents departing just last year. And keep in mind, Amazon employees also get paid in equity. Coming up, Joe Rogan keeps giving Spotify a major headache. First, it was COVID misinformation. Now, it's racial slurs. Still, Spotify CEO Daniel X says the company won't drop the podcast from its platform. We'll discuss next. This is Bloomberg. Welcome back to Bloomberg Technology. I'm Emily Chang in San Francisco. It is going viral as more and more problematic content from the Joe Rogan experience resurfaces. The pressure is mounting against streaming platform Spotify, the podcast's exclusive host. First, it was COVID-19 and vaccine misinformation, for which Joe Rogan apologized, saying he'd do better and be more mindful of his guest lineup. Then, last Friday, it was a video compilation of all the times Joe Rogan has used the N-word on the podcast the host said this was taken out of context and apologized again over the weekend. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years. In a letter to staff seen by Bloomberg, Spotify CEO Daniel X says he is deeply sorry for the way the Joe Rogan experience controversy continues to impact his employees and underlined that Rogan's hurtful comments do not represent the values of the company. Joining me now, Techonomy founder David Kirkpatrick, still with us, and Bloomberg's Lucas Shaw to talk about uh, how the story continues to develop. And look, the bottom line, Lucas, is Daniel X saying... The podcast is staying on the platform. We have seen social media companies like Facebook and Twitter deal with these kind of content issues. Netflix, for example, recently with the Dave Chappelle show, taking a stand there. 
Uh, talk to us about the options that Daniel Ek and Spotify have in this moment. He doesn't have a, a lot of good ones. You know, when you have one of your biggest stars saying the, some of the, the horrible things that he said in the past, it puts you in a tricky position. You, know, you, you made the comparison both to Facebook and Netflix. This is a lot more similar to Netflix, just in that Spotify has a direct relationship with this person and has put Rogan forth as one of the faces of the company. He's been pretty vital to their shift into podcasting. Um, and so they don't want to end that deal uh, under really any circumstances. I think there's a, a world in which enough pressure mounts. You, you know, you go back to the archives and find enough horrible things that Rogan has said over the years that that they have to change their tune. But you're going to need, you know, more major artists like Neil Young boycotting the platform. You're going to need some a real sign that people are kind of canceling their subscriptions. For Eck to go that far, I think the desire is to you know, stay the course, but there is, of course, the option of, of ending the deal or trying to ban him in some way. The, the, the hashtag delete Spotify was trending on Twitter today. Are people canceling? Do we know? When they were asked on their earnings call last week, uh, they said it was too soon to know, but they suggested that there had not been uh, you know, a mass of cancellations. My, and, and their justification was that if there was some effect, it would probably be felt over a longer period of time. Uh, but we, we don't know yet. David, Daniel X saying after speaking with Joe Rogan that Rogan has reflected and decided on his own volition to remove some old episodes. What do you think of the choice Daniel Eck is making here and the repercussions? Well, so far, I don't think Eck has made much of a choice. He's basically just acted as if Spotify was like Facebook. And, you know, it, at least Facebook can credibly claim it's a neutral platform. That's not the case here uh, with Spotify. I mean, uh, Rogan's role on Spotify is quite comparable to like a, a uh, host on Bloomberg or a columnist in The New York Times. Um, making statements that are offensive. And in, in the case of Bloomberg or the New York Times, the publisher, the broadcaster, would bear responsibility, properly so, for the content that they have paid for and broadcast. And Eck doesn't seem to understand that that is identically the role that he is in. Now, he's saying canceling him, silencing him would be a mistake. But there's plenty of other things he could do, possibly, in my opinion, uh, that would be fall short of just getting rid of Rogan. But if like Rogan what? had 130 podcasts that had to be removed, obviously, he's a little bit of a loose cannon. Now, uh, Lucas, in your Screen Time newsletter, you point out that other platforms are paying other people also to say outrageous things. You know, talk to us about how this isn't necessarily just a Spotify problem or a Joe Rogan problem. And if so, what problem is it? Well, it's, it's a, a media industry problem right now. I mean, we have conversations about what, you know, prominent YouTubers who, uh, you know, who get taken down or punished or 
in some way for things that they say, people like Steven Crowder, people like Dan Bongino, who I, I believe has said he's not posting on YouTube anymore. I think if you asked some of the critics of Rogan how they felt about hosts on, on Fox News, they would probably hope that, that Fox News would exert more control over some of the things that come out of their host's mouths, especially as it pertains to COVID. It's not in any way to excuse Joe Rogan for anything that he said, especially when it comes to the racial slurs. It's, it's pretty clearly despicable. Um, but I think we're sort of we're trying to figure out what is the role of these big media companies in in kind of the views that they're putting out, um, and and that the very strong response it's getting from their users. Spotify is in a in a particularly unusual situation in that it is both I think a platform and a publisher, and sort of like uh, you know like a, a Netflix, it's trying to appeal to everyone. And when you try try to appeal to everyone. You're, you're likely to alienate many of your customers on a regular basis. Right, David. I mean, it, 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 there is some distinction, of course, between a Spotify and a Facebook, but, you know, ultimately, is it not much of a distinction at all? Well, there is a distinction that Facebook, for the most part, doesn't pay to have people on its site and then disavow responsibility for that. Um, I think what we're seeing in some sense is Daniel X's immaturity as a leader or his inability to really evolve as his service, successful as it is, has evolved. And he's got to think harder about what he really wants Spotify to be and how he wants it to be seen. And I don't get the feeling that he's gone through a sufficient process yet. Meantime, Lucas, Rumble, a Canadian platform, throwing its hat in the ring, offering Joe Rogan a $100 million deal over four years to bring all of his content there. No censorship. Will he go for it? Uh, not unless forced to for, for some reason. I mean, this, is, this has all the, the hallmarks of a, a publicity stunt. You know, Rumble has gotten attention for being an alternative platform for... I kind of some of these right-wing talking heads who have been in one way or another banished by the, the mainstream media. Um, you know, D David brought up something that, that I'm kind of curious about. We're, we're drawing a distinction between Facebook and Spotify because Spotify has paid Joe Rogan and Facebook generally doesn't pay content creators. And I think it's, a, it's obviously a very valid distinction. But you asked earlier about options. Let's just say that Spotify ends its deal with Joe Rogan and that show can now be widely distributed. And now his show is on YouTube and Apple and Spotify and Facebook and anywhere else you can listen to a podcast. I'm not entirely sure what that solves beyond having the direct relationship between Rogan and Spotify. So it seems to me sort of why, Ro why Rumble is tossing its hat in the ring here. One of the options is that Rogan continues to do what he's doing. And another option is that pretty much all the major platforms decide that they don't want to be in business with him. David, your reaction? Well, I, I think one possibility would be they could review his podcast before they air. Uh, if, if 130 episodes had to be removed, there's, he's obviously said a lot of things that are offensive to a lot of people. But it, there's no reason why they couldn't take the interim step of at least saying publicly, we are going to pay more attention to what's said on this show before it airs. I, that, that, I don't know why Spotify wouldn't do something as minimal as that. All right. Fair enough. Thanks for the debate. David Kirkpatrick, Lucas Shaw, thank you both. We'll keep watching this one. Coming up, the bet on the metaverse. We're going to speak with Domain Money CEO Adam Bell about their metaverse strategy and what kind of innovations we should expect in tech.
This is Bloomberg. funds pouring serious capital, capital into so-called Web3 companies and tech giants working on advances in AR and VR hardware, the metaverse has become one of the hottest tech investment themes. But is this really the next tech trend or a future dot-com bust? Joining us now, Domain Money CEO Adam Dell for a daily crypto report along with Bloomberg Shanali Basik. Shanali, take it away. Thank you, Emily, and thank you, Adam, for joining us. You know, you think about Meta and their pivot to the metaverse and how it missed Wall Street's expectations. Now, as you create a strategy around investing in the metaverse, I'm wondering how long does it take to start seeing results from that? Well, if you look at what has happened with NFTs in the last year or two, 23 billion in transactions last year up from virtually nothing just a few years ago, What's clear is that this is a profound and large market, and investors are looking for access to that market. Well, it's interesting. When you think about the metaverse, I'm wondering how the NFT strategy really fits into that. How do you bake in crypto investments into a liquid portfolio here? Yeah, we've put together a strategy at Domain Money that focuses on the infrastructure layer of the metaverse, which obviously incorporates NFTs, the transactions required to buy an NFT, the storage requirements to um, uh, have those assets be housed, the rendering technologies uh, to process three-dimensional objects in real time in a virtual world. All of those things are infrastructure bets that are part of our metaverse strategy. Adam, there are folks out there who think the metaverse is just a pipe dream. How big do you think the total addressable market really is here? And when does that market actually start being addressed? Yeah, well, the notion of the, net, the metaverse being something that emerges uh, in one day and is an all-encompassing virtual world is really missing the point. The metaverse is a collection of digital uh, locations or experiences that are occurring today in the world. Uh, roadblocks, uh, roadblocks, um, you know, uh, snap, augmented reality, virtual reality, all of these things make up a collection of experiences that define the metaverse. You mentioned companies that are more focusing on the software experience, and I wonder about the hardware. Who do you see cracking that hardware part of a mar the market, and is that necessary? to get that innovation to the masses? Is it, is it Meta? Is it Apple? Is it Microsoft? Sure. Well, certainly NVIDIA, Qualcomm, and just the massive storage requirements that are needed to house this many digital assets um, is a profound market in and of itself. And so we've looked at a number of those underlying technologies uh, as we thought about uh, crafting our metaverse strategy. You know, when you think about the metaverse here, Adam, I'm, I'm wondering how this plays into the larger picture of what you're trying to build at Domain Money. You left Goldman Sachs, you were building a traditional investing and saving platform. 
How many people now have signed up with you in the recent weeks since starting Domain Money, launching the platform and allowing people to both invest in cryptocurrency now and stocks? Yeah, thank you for that question. So we've been really pleased with our reception in the market. We have thousands of customers. We've only been live for a week or two, and it's been uh, quite incredible to see the response, uh, particularly to our strategies. Investors are looking for a responsible, diversified way to invest in these new asset classes. And rather than having to make a bet on one individual protocol or cryptocurrency, investors can avail themselves to our strategies which are curated by our investment team and represent a basket of assets that give investors exposure to this asset class. And you're also getting some exposure to the crypto space. Can you tell us specifically where and if the recent tumult in the crypto markets is giving you any pause? Well, the short-term volatility in this market is to be expected. What I think is more important to focus on is what is happening in the blockchain ecosystem. You know, what we've seen is DeFi marketplaces emerged over the last few years, less than 5 billion in transaction volume, up to nearly 200 billion. That's not speculation, that's, in, that's investors, excuse me, that's dollars being placed into a market to appreciate yield, to lend or to borrow. Um, cryptocurrencies, the blockchain ecosystem is opening up access to financial markets in a way that uh, heretofore has never been available. And that's a profound shift in the way financial services work. We think blockchain technologies represent the operating system of, of finance. Mm -hmm. And so we're very excited about the future of these technologies, despite the current market tumult. You know, I think about DeFi and how many companies in the last couple of months have pitched me their own DeFi strategy from traditional finance. And having now kind of worked with both, do you think tried and true financial players are going to be able to become DeFi? Well, there's no question that the large incumbent financial institutions are going to embrace blockchain technologies. In fact, they already have. I'm uh, reminded of the comment that Jamie made uh, at J.P. Morgan Chase about uh, crypto in general. And now, of course, J.P. Morgan has their own coin. And so it's very clear that the large investment firms are moving into um, cryptocurrencies, moving into blockchain technologies. And the thing that I am quite interested in is if you look at the developer community, the engineering efforts that are going on behind the scenes, it's really hard to find a technology startup that's focused on financial services that isn't embracing blockchain technologies. Right. And that ought to tell you something. And Adam, what does this mean for the war on talent here? You hear the banks and you hear also crypto firms just really needing engineering talent here. Is it getting really competitive? And I say that as somebody who just hired from Bridgewater, 30 people from Goldman Sachs. Where are you getting your talent? Well, we've been very delighted by uh, the quality of the resumes that are coming over the transom. Uh, we have a number of job openings at Domain Money, and so encourage people to, to check those out on our website. Um, but yes, your point is well taken. It used to be that the large banks had to just contend with the Googles and the Facebooks of the world for the talent war. Now there's a whole new wave of DeFi entrants that uh, are stealing 
uh, quality candidates away from even the Googles and the Apples of the world. And so there's absolutely a talent war happening. Uh, but it's, it's interesting. I was uh, asked to give a talk at Harvard a few weeks ago and was amazed at the number of people who plan to go into crypto after they graduate. Um, you know, the, the, the wave is, is absolutely uh, a large one. And I think it's early days for this market hmm. space. Uh, we have really yet to see the best implementations of blockchain technologies. They are yet to come. All right, Adam Dell, CEO of Domain Money. Thank you very much, along with Bloomberg's Shanali Bassett. Coming up, Netflix is realizing just how profitable Korean content can be. And they're hoping their new shows in 2022 can match the success of Squid Game. We'll discuss how next. This is Bloomberg. smash success of Squid Game, Netflix doubling down on Korean content in 2022 with 25 films and series set to be released this year. For more, I want to bring in Webtoon's U.S. CEO, Ken Kim. Ken, talk to us about Webtoon's strategy and the success uh, with this recent phenomenon based on Netflix really making this bet. Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to talk about the Webtoon and Webtoon stories. So Webtoon is the world's largest digital comic platform, and we have more than 14 million monthly users in U.S. and 72 million global users monthly. So our storytelling technology revolutionized how to create the creative stories and can be consumed through the mobile phone immediately. So for now, we have more than 750,000 of creators who is creating more than 1.3 million titles. So you've already seen a lot of our contents already through Netflix or bookshelves. So such as, you know, All of Us Are Dead is another great stories that we just adapted the last two weeks back of the Fridays. You've got a huge following on social media, and I'm curious, are other platforms taking note, or, or is it just Netflix at this point that, that's giving you inbound? You know, you can find webtoon stories everywhere already. So, you know, our one of our is Law Olympus, which is um, already um, New York Times best-selling no graphic novel. And a lot of our content is on the development to be developed as um, videos and movies and dramas, and such as, you know, a lot of other formats are already being prepared through our platform. Now, you've been inking partnerships with Marvel, global esports games, graphic novels are... are uh all the rage now. I know my son loves those. How do you think about the content pipeline and what format is the best for storytelling these days? You know, storytelling is everything and everywhere. So Webtoon, we, we aim for mobile native storytelling format, such as, you know, now everyone use their smartphone or their laptops or any, any other, you know, mobile platform to consume the content. At the same time, we we revolutionized the how to make the mobile form native format of storytelling. That in, you know that resulted as a, you know more of a huge huge amount of of creators they are joining to this platform and they are creating a lot of stories throughout the platform. Talk to us about the creators and you know how much they get paid. How do you see Webtoon standing out on this note, given that that 
you know, that's where the storytelling originates, right? Of course. You know, there are a lot of a range of successful creators within our platforms. The biggest earning of the creators of last year was over $12 million. And on average, in Korean, Korean uh, webtoon creators, they make on average $250,000. This is not just, you know, the only for the big creators. So webtoon, we built on billion-dollar IP business, which is supporting all range of creators to make their, their monies for their work and manage their lives. Now, you know, obviously we've been talking a lot about Korean originals, especially with the success of Squid Game. Do you see this happening for, for other languages? I'm thinking about Borgen, a, a Danish show that has been a smash hit in the U.S., Le Bureau, Lupin, obviously both in French. Of course. Um, you know, Squid Game and all of us, that is great stories too. But... You know, this is not from only from Korean content. Webtoon is already global content platform. We have over 750,000 creators globally. And then okay. we have a lot of content, you know, from, from them. So this is not just, you know, right. Korean content. Well, looking forward to lots more. Ken Kim, CEO of Webtoon US. Thanks so much for joining us. And that does it for this edition of Bloomberg Technology. Great show tomorrow. We're going to continue our coverage of Peloton. Second quarter results out after the bell. All the headlines right here. I'm Emily Chang. This is Bloomberg. was West Ham's hero when he saved the club from elimination in the FA Cup to National League North side Kidderminster. David Moyes was asked yesterday about how much rice is worth to the club. Here's a reminder. Would you, would you put him in the category of more than players, right? Well, yeah. So it was as though he was trying to come up with a diplomatic answer. It was like, well, actually, the answer is just yes. Uh, Harriet, uh, worth more than £100 million, what do you think? Honestly, I thought my, my video had just frozen then. I wasn't sure what was going on. It was a long pause. I think when you're, when you're talking about a value of a player, you're, you're talking from a perspective, especially when you're hearing from a manager of how much that player means to that team. And for a team like West Ham, he is really their star guy at the moment, isn't he? And I think if they're if they're looking to end their trophy drought, I think it's been 42 years since they've won a trophy, Declan Rice is going to be absolutely pivotal to that. So for them, if they're thinking of signing him to another club, and I think, you know, there's a lot of interest from a lot of big clubs in the Premier League, then, then they, they're going to want to accept big money from him. And I think if you're looking at the market now, 100 million might be a fair price for someone like Rice, who the scary thing is he's got so much more potential to hit. And you're seeing in his game now the, the way he's developing into more of an attacking player as well and adding those goals to his game. I think you, you look at someone like Rice and the ceiling that he could hit. And for West Ham, they're going to be wanting big money for him. And I think it's funny that, that Moyes is pretty 
previously said, you know, 100 million was the cheap price that you, you could have got for him in the summer and, and you've missed out on that. So that they're going to be wanting maybe upwards of that now. And, and, and I don't think that's too unfair looking at the market and looking at the amount that he means for, to West Ham at the moment. Yes, yeah, so Mark, reported interest then from Manchester United, Chelsea and Manchester City. Who do you think needs him more? And also, where do you think he would fit in best? Mark? Sorry, I was going to do a David Moyes there. But, wow. uh, everyone us. in the gallery was probably thinking, what's going you on? Got us. Heart sank. Where... Needs, where does Declan Rice go next? Well, I think if you asked any single one of the top six, seven, eight Premier League sides, they'd all be interested in taking him. Uh, of course, the type of money that he's going to go for, £100 million plus, uh, is going to rule out quite a number of those sides. So immediately you look at Chelsea, Manchester United and probably Manchester City that can afford to spend that type of cash on it on a midfielder. Would he fit into all three of those sides? Absolutely. Can you see him going to Manchester City? Probably not, but Manchester United, yes. Uh, and Chelsea, also yes. So, it's going to be an interesting one to see how this plays out. Just 23 years old, like Harriet says, his best days are still ahead of him. Can he improve? Can he get better? Can he develop as a player? Absolutely. He's got so much class and potential. And, and the one thing I love the most about Declan Rice is, is not just on the field how much he contributes, but how much he contributes off the field to the community, to social media. And you just get the, the feeling that he's just a, a warm, well-rounded, decent guy. He's a lovable Premier League player uh, and someone that you just identify with and, and someone that the fans just absolutely adore and love. And I think West Ham fans... They know that Declan Rice is not going to be the next Mark Noble who's at the football club for a number of years into his 30s. Um, but, you know, can he be a part of a really successful era at the moment? Absolutely. One day will he leave for huge amounts of money? Yes. Uh, but enjoy him while he's there because he's playing some of his best football. Um, so if you're going to pin me down, maybe Chelsea, maybe Man United. I think Manchester United, perhaps. You know, you look at Paul Pogba that's going to be maybe leaving in the summer, Matic maybe leaving, Lingard leaving. Do they need midfielders? Yes. Is Declan Rice the man? Absolutely. But don't tell David Moyes I said that. Uh -huh. well, it would be nice <laughs> to see him link up with his best mate, Mason Mount, wouldn't it? No? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> We've seen that bromance on social media. Let's, let's take it to the pitch as well. Well, Harriet Moyes says that he could be a future England captain. It's it's quite hard to to disagree with that. But then there's a lot of people who say, "Oh, well, he can't he can't achieve everything he wants to achieve at West Ham." Is that fair? I think you need to look at the player and and ask him. Someone like Declan Rice, I think he's an ambitious player, and he's he's clearly an ambitious person. And I think he comes across really well, like we've mentioned, on and off the pitch. He he's clearly a character and someone that has strong intentions. And is he going to fulfil everything he wants to in his in his career at West Ham? I'm not entirely sure. I think if you're looking at a 23 year old who's developing to the extent that he is and at the speed he is, he'll want to be playing regular European football and in, in the Champions League. I and he'll he'll be eyeing that up, I think, for next season now. And 
yeah, West Ham probably aren't going to be consistently winning trophies over the next few seasons. Does he want to be part of that rebuild and then to build a team around him and him be that star and that focal point? Maybe. I think more likely that he'll want to go to one of the bigger hitters and, and so that he can he can consistently be winning silverware because that's the kind of calibre of player that he is. And I don't think anyone would begrudge that. And I think West Ham fans, like we said, will have to enjoy him while, while he's here because I think this could be the last season that they they see him but he's 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 definitely a rising star there's there's definitely potential for the captaincy there and his his leadership on and off the pitch is is already evident at at such a young age so it's it's an exciting time and for him as a player and, and to see where his career takes him Peacock streaming the biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56, the 2022 Winter Olympics, and the Peacock Original Bel Air. Plus, the new movie Marry Me in theaters and streaming Valentine's Day. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. The Triple B Podcast would like to invite you to come break bread with your brothers. If you like what you're hearing on the show, if you think we missed the mark, or if we got it all wrong, reach out to us on social media. We can be reached on Twitter at triple underscore B underscore pod or search Brothers Breaking Bread Podcast. We are the Brothers Breaking Bread on Facebook and our email is brothersbreakingbreadpod at gmail.com. Further descriptions are in the show notes like follow, friend, do all that good stuff. And please never forget to break bread with your brothers. How y'all doing? We out here chilling on the spot. to go fight um, fight for what, what they feel is right. Like Martin Luther King had a speech that violence is not the answer and no segregation. We celebrate black people that helped us change history. It reminds us to be strong even in politics. Wait, what matters is what, what's inside of you and how you act to other people. Doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white, should always celebrate it because you know the, the the struggles black leaders went through in order for you to be here right now. Even though we may have the different skin color, we're still the same type of people, no matter what. And a lot of people, they don't see me for who I am. They see my outside appearance. 
but they don't see what I have on the inside. It's very hard to grow up knowing that you're black and you have a lot of personal prejudices against you. I see it on the TV and I'm like, is that going to happen to my brother? Is that, is that going to happen to my dad? I always have that in the back of my mind every time that I'm home and they're not home. Black history is important to me because I have to remember where I came from and I have to remember who came before me. Because you have to look at the things that Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, and um, Malcolm X did for us black people so people can't treat us unfairly because they think some type of belief. Because we're, we are all people and you need to stand up for our rights. There's still discrimination, there's still discrimination in all parts of the world, in all parts of the United States. We should still fight for what we believe and we should still fight for getting what's right. Hey, 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 what's going on out there, y'all? Happy Black History Month, my brothers, my niggas, my sisters, and I mean white people too. Triple B in the house, brothers breaking bread. Time to keep it moving. I see you, 10 meters. Zeb the soldier in the house. Slim AC. Uh, half a brother, Doom. Uh, 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 Joe, he's out dropping some Doom somewhere. I'm the KC Stork. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Dropping the kitties off in the pond. Dropping the kitties <laughs> off in the pond. Taking, Taking the, the Browns to the Super Bowl. Because they'll never go, nigga. <laughs> Shout out, OBJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what's going on, man? We started off, man. It's, it, you know what? It's Black History Month, and I mean, we've been doing the show for a couple of years. Been we ain't never started off with the babies talking about Black History, man. It's good to see them beautiful brown babies, man. Black babies uh, talking about the, the, the people that came before them. You know what I'm saying? And motherfuckers in Florida trying to silence this shit. But I, I got started too early. My bad. Anyway, let's check in so we can get it in. What's going on, Ten? Hey, man, what's going on? You got new headphones, doing? nigga? Huh? You got new headphones? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, they're not new. I've, I've had these for uh, a while. They're just wireless. Uh, they kind of work better than my other one. I can hear a whole lot clearer with these. Okay, I just saw that green. I said that's a new color. I ain't never seen that color before. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had yeah, I had these. Uh, I had these for a while now. But okay. I want to say about a couple of years. All right, what's up, Pim? Um, well, man, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. All right. Uh, I guess work is work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't, you know, I won't elaborate too much after that. You can't because you know, it, it work is work. <laughs> um. <laughs> Some people still just want me to get it. Still want me to come to Kansas And I'm telling you that Every day <laughs> Every day I'll be like oh shit Come on come on man This is your check in but I, I, I get Just come on back man Yeah okay alright I'm really considering it Okay you say, uh, you say it every episode I know, I say it uh, every other episode. But speaking of which, I am making a visit, or at least trying to make a visit, March. In okay. March. Okay. And it'll be the weekend of March 18th. Um, uh, I have some family that I, uh, I'm going to come and go up there and visit and everything. And hopefully it'll be a really nice visit. I'm going to see, uh, actually, going to spend some time with my brother on his birthday. So. 
that that's one so, thing um, um, that's coming up. And I also got a source in my side eye. Now, this is uh, a jab at uh, these multiple dating sites. And my, my side eye um, is about, you know, what's uh, included in, like, the descriptions or, or, or in the little blurb that the women, you know, like to put in, in, in their, their um, you know, to describe what they're looking for. And so one in particular um, I was reading, I won't shout out the, the young lady's name or do, yeah. her, her handle or whatever. Yeah, we don't do that. No, no, we don't do that here on the show. But it, right, basically said, <laughs> it basically said, I'm right. But it basically said that she was looking for nobody with it playing games or uh, not, you know, you know, just trying to look for a real serious, you know, young man or serious man or whatever, you know, in a relationship. But come to find out, uh, oh, and if, and the caption at the very bottom is if you think you, you know, you're here to just to smash or whatever, then you need to swipe left or whatever, or whatever the, the case may be. Right. So I swipe right, you know, have a couple conversations and whatnot, and, and you know, we, we get to talking on the first day, and she's ready to smash. Now, yep. your profile, <laughs> your profile says, uh, you know, if you're looking for just a smash, then you need to swipe left or whatever, whatever swiping it, you know. Nigga, she ain't looking to smash. Nice she ain't looking to smash no lames. Ah, is that what it is? No, that, that, that's, uh, that, that's, no, that, no, no, no. That's her rule for the men. That's not her rule for herself. Yeah. Oh, that too. get it. So it's a double standard. I don't know if it's a double standard, Correct. but like, nigga, if she, because if she, see, look, if she I, deem you worth, nigga, why, pro- hold on, nigga. Why are you complaining? Nigga, do you like man. pussy or not? That nigga won a lottery ticket and tried to give it back. Oh, man. <laughs> no, hey. he didn't try to give it back. He just won't complain about it, though. He didn't nigga... give it back, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Like, I'm going to cast this motherfucker in, hey. but I'm a bitch about it. You saying, you, you saying this nigga was in Willy Wonka, and he found that golden ticket? He be like, I had to eat all this goddamn chocolate. Y'all could have just gave me the golden ticket, niggas. I don't even want it now. <laughs> I thought this was my check-in, though, man. My bad, though. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. (laughs) Hit it now, shit. (laughs) No, but but what I'm saying is, you know, why is it that, you know, they say one thing but really mean another? I mean. That that was my whole complaint. But it's not really a complaint. Maybe it was just just observation. I'm just saying, Maybe though. Maybe just it, an exception to the rule, yeah, though. Yeah, dog. Everybody exception to the rule. They're, they're, everybody's somebody's first, bro. Uh, you right. I think, it's all, I think it's all misdirection, bro. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, it's to throw the sin off, off of the ones that you really don't want yeah, around, bro. But, it's yeah. all misdirection. Oh, okay. But you okay? But yeah. also, okay. though, like, out there, like, niggas is thirsty. You don't want niggas just popping up saying you ready to fuck. Like, you know, she might be like, okay, this nigga cool. Yeah, he's spitting a little of that southern boy charm, that little southern boy game. Hey, nigga, the the, the panties off. What's up? I'm gonna leave the door open. 
Oh, well, you know, I'm uh, well, I'm coming in. You go yeah. see the door open, I'm walking in. Okay. But she, she didn't want, obviously, she didn't want no grapes, though. No, she didn't want no grapes. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, that's the last time she I'm going to say that. I'm sorry, she, wanted, she wanted raspberries. Ooh. Oh, you want to like that or like real raspberries? Like what? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She wanted both. Okay. Well, you, but you good though. So what you? I'm good. Everything. Hey man, everything is good down here. Everything is great, and I'm glad I am with my niggas. All right. So what you're trying to say my is you smashed niggas. though, right? I'm joking. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's that's, that's a gentleman it. never a gentleman never talks. Anyway, my <laughs> man. What's going? Hey, what's going on? What you say? I say I'm no gentleman. Let's okay. That is true. Hey, what's been going on, man? What's been going on? <laughs> Pass it on. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Slim AC. What's up, Chief? Let me throw this thing off me. Shit. Right. <laughs> Did they see that? Did he leave? No, I'm leaving. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Go ahead, sir. <clears throat> Um, yeah, man. So all good on this end. Um, you know, no really, no side eyes this week, man. Um, what? No. Um, no. I wanted to kind of, you know, just check in and, and holler at Zeb and, and Joe and get them a shout out during my check in, man. Uh, you cast made my day today, man. Um, oh yeah. I asked I asked them gentlemen to send me some of their uh, artistic work. They sent uh-huh. me some. Um, and when they sent me some. It actually, you know, knocked a pause in me, and I had to rewind a couple of the tracks like four, five, six, seven, eight times, man, just to uh, hear what oh. you guys was putting out artistically, man. Shit is dope, man. So, um, you know, appreciate that, bro. Appreciate shout, out it. To, shout out to you, YouTube, for, um, you know, feeling comfortable enough to mm-hmm. share that with me, you know, number one, um, and, you know, be open into whatever critique or listening that I had on it, man, but... No complaints mm-hmm. here, man. I appreciate that on that front, man. For y'all letting me just uh, bend my ear to some 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 good, you know, artistic artistic mm-hmm. work. So I appreciate that, man. Always. Yeah, man. We pre- Hey, we, I'll speak for Joe uh, since he's uh, absent at the moment. He'll be in a little bit, but uh, yeah, man. Hey, dog. We appreciate that feedback. And I mean, shit, bro. That's what it's for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I we ain't, we ain't making to keep it to ourselves, and we ain't. Uh, or at least I speak for myself at this point. I, I never really did anything uh, much with my project. So, you know, it's always mm-hmm. good to, to, to hear some feedback, man. So appreciate it. Much love. No, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, you know, um, other than that, man, on this end, uh, your boy's doing good. Uh, you know, um, I guess uh, really is not a side out, but just – you know, down here, you know, the weather's changing. So, you know, the, the motherfucking city is shut down. Um, hmm. and, of course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the people up north, it, 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 you know, me living in the Midwest for 10 years, you know, just to see uh, the, com- the comedy uh, <laughs> of, of, of Houston with it being 28 degrees and... Nigga, it was literally 28 degrees. It rained for like three hours. Uh, it froze up for yeah. like maybe an hour and a half. And nigga, we had a snow day. 
Fuck it, take it. <laughs> so, nigga, I hey. didn't have a snow day. The rest of the city had a snow oh, day. You said I didn't have a snow day. <laughs> hey, I work in retail, nigga. I'm going to work if the asteroid hit. Where you sleep? Oh, this asteroid about to wipe out the earth. Uh, it don't matter, nigga. Show up. Hey, hey, nigga, the asteroid about to hit. It don't matter. Hey, y'all opening the stuff? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so now other than that, man, you know, it's all good over here, man. Uh, just doing the same things, just living in, and trying to do better every day, bro. Good all shit, right. man. Good that's, shit. That's some good shit, man. That's good shit. Zeb Disorder, how are you, my friend? Oh, man, I'm, I'm good, bro. Just, uh, yeah, I'm good. Just finished eating and uh, feeling good, you know. Oh, well, number one, I need to. Uh, send out my most sincere appreciation and thanks to our own LL, uh, Lady Lavender. Yes, yes. For the advice that uh, she gave me last, I guess, I think that was last week. Yes, sir. Uh, I have been experiencing uh, some really severe migraines every time I consumed anything alcoholic, and uh, she gave me some words of wisdom about uh, some possible ways to uh, alleviate that situation, and so far so good. Shit's working. You oh, that's awesome, man. So, that's, that's so I appreciate that. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't had a migraines, uh, you know, since. So, uh, so let me find some wood real quick. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah, so, so yeah, go ahead. I was gonna ask. So you were a little bit premature on your um, retirement, like Tom Brady was. Oh, my retirement. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. I was. Yeah, I was way premature. You know what I mean? I was. I was. Uh, I was like uh, too short about 15, 20 years ago when he retired the first time. You know what I mean? Right. And twenty years later, he's still doing it. So. Right. <laughs> but yeah, man. So so you know everything's good. Um. I felt like I had, oh, you know what? I was thinking when, when you were playing the intro, it's just kind of funny. When you were playing the intro with the kids talking about Black History Month, and uh, while that was playing, I was thinking that earlier tonight, uh, I was on the phone with my mom and uh, my son, Tushite, uh, who's one. Uh, I don't do all the months and shit. He's, yeah, he's one. Uh, Thank you. He has a he has a uh, like a a uh, a basket full of books that mm-hmm. um, uh, my girl and and uh, I think his grand his grandparents uh, on her side gave him and uh, I don't even really know what books is in the thing you know what I'm saying but he's been showing more interest in them lately and tonight uh, I was on the phone with my mom and he was messing with the books and he pulled one out and came over to bring it she was like oh he wants you to read him a book or whatever. And so eventually I got off the phone with her and grabbed a book to read, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was a book about um, uh, black women uh, in history, basically. Nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. you know what I mean? It's a little kid's book, so it was, you know, just real right. short, sit, just a couple, uh, 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 you know, like uh, I think one of, the, one of the ladies was Maya Angelou. And, you know, it was like, uh, you know, she helped people with her words or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, okay. like Maya Angelou, Josephine Baker, uh, oh, wow. Oprah, um, fucking Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, so one of the one of the one of the uh, women that that was uh, the focus of that one movie about 
how they helped send uh, send some Americans to the moon was a hidden figure. Oh, hidden one, figures, hidden. Yeah, one of the ladies from that situation. You know, so you get the gist of it. Yes, sir. But yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, when you was playing that earlier, I didn't, because it didn't even register, like, you know, that in uh, uh, Black History Month, out of all the black, out of all the books that he that he pulled out of that basket, he pulled that one. You know what I mean? Wow. So but I think that's, uh, that's, that's pretty dope. Um, but yeah, man. So you know, other than that, everything's good, man. You know, we all we yeah, chill, I see, yeah. I see little Tucson doesn't have any problems with uh, critical race theory. Nah, nah, it doesn't seem. And he's half white, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. I'll just put that out there. He doesn't seem emotionally distressed by it. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna keep a close eye. Though. I'm gonna keep a close eye. Keep hey, we doing we doing the, we doing the independent study for brothers breaking bread. Burden the, I don't want to burden his soul, half of his soul at least. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you know. Well, that's good shit though. I know you you sell the show many times that you and your uh, lady read books, man. So that's good shit mimicking mom and dad's behavior. So definitely love oh, it. Oh yeah. That's, that's much, yep. yeah, much love with that, man. That's good to see the uh, younger generation kind of mimicking positive vibes from you know their parents and and you know putting it out there. Yep. Good shit, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Young Stork, how you feeling? I'm good. I'm good, Chief. And I, I, I think we we skipped Joe, but I'm a, we Joe can go last. That's fine. I'm good, oh, man. You back? No, he back. No, 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 we good. No, Joe oh, go okay, last. We do, we do. We do. We gonna change it up for Black History. <laughs> uh, I really ain't got much to say, man. I got a. I don't know if it goes under the Archie Barker nigga book or the Side Eye book. So this morning, uh, there's a quick trip. You know, right on state line, state line on the Missouri side. So if you know, so so the listeners can know in Kansas. They have quick trips, but they can't sell hard alcohol, hard liquor. They only sell beer. They just recently started selling full strength beer in Kansas at quick trips, gas, right. gas stations okay. in general. And a quick, for y'all right. who don't know, a quick trip is a gas station uh, here in the right. Midwest area. But on the state line, on the Missouri side of things, you can get you can get you, get, get everything you need to get you right. That's so right. right. I usually leave the house about six thirty in the morning. Which puts mm-hmm. me at quick trip probably about six thirty five if I want to get coffee or energy drink or something. If, it's, if I know it's gonna be a long day, so stop a quick trip. Boom, there's a older white man, heavy set. I don't know what he said, but if anybody has bought alcohol from quick trip, you know the sound of them getting them keys to open the liquor cabinet. Once again, it is six thirty eight in the morning at this point in time. All I know is I heard them keys jingling. And I look, next thing I know, this lady come back with two pints of Jack Daniels. 38 in the morning. Now, now, granted, 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 he could be like Uncle D, uh, a member of the show who, who works overnight. It might be like, I'm getting my drink in because I ain't leaving the house until I got to go back to work. That could be what's happening. Right. right. All I know is when I le- he left before me and got in his vehicle, I didn't know which vehicle it was, but all I know was when I left Quick Trip with my coffee in hand and I look to my right as I'm coming out, I see him in the cab of a vehicle with the cabin light on pouring the Jack Daniels he just <laughs> bought into a cup. Oh, he's behind the wheel, I'm assuming. Behind the wheel, yes, sir. Now, here come the plot twist. As the car that was in front of it, that was next to his car, backs out, I see a big-ass Z-trip on the side of his vehicle. 
For y'all that don't know, what is that? I'm so I don't know if it's yeah. around how it is, but here Z Trip is kind of like a Uber type thing. It's like a share ride. Yeah, uh, share ride. Oh, okay. I know. Like they they do oh. things like picking people up, taking them to medical appointments and shit like get that too. Get the fuck out of here! I will not get the fuck out of here, sir. Me and him made eye contact, <laughs> and I just shook my head and walked to my car, nigga. <laughs> like here, what like the fuck, nigga, like cabin light on. <laughs> And it's six thirty in the morning, so we in the Midwest. There's not even light outside yet. It's not light outside, so if your cabin lights on, it's bright as fuck. Right. It's because it's dark, right? It's dark, right. and like, and I just, I'm looking, dog, and I'm like, God damn, this nigga. And then like, and granted, your boy has been in positions before in life where I have bought some, bought a shooter or two to pregame before I go to a club or something. But I, right. at least I have, I have like the, let's play the game of I'ma hold my my cup low. With my cabin right. light off, and I'm gonna pour my drink in my cup. Right. Nigga, I'm not, I'm not gonna be cabin light on in a minivan, <laughs> holding my cup up, pouring Jack Daniels in a cup, inside of a vehicle where I'm supposed to drive other people. That's crazy. So I don't know. I, I, I was gonna cue up the Archie Bunker music, but I didn't know if it was side eye Archie Bunker. I don't know, nigga. But I was like, I was, I was disturbed and disappointed all at the same time, dog. <laughs> hey, well, I hope uh, whoever he was driving that day made it to their appointment. Oh, that, nigga, that nigga's a Brett Reed disciple, dog. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. Uh, and this is checking. I hope no little girls was harmed that day. I hope. Hey, I hope not. Hey, I, 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 I look on the news and I see a Z van flipped over and a fat bearded white man hanging out the side of it. I'm like, yep. That was that nigga. Yep. Uh, and then we talk about a pregame. Uh, shout out to my homie, uh, 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 Joe Jeff. I, I have put some energy out there in the atmosphere that was not positive. Could be taken as, taken as negative. And he ch- he checked in on your boy, and that's what it's all about. So I do. I, I said in the pregame, but I also wanted to give him his. You, you get your flowers, whatever. Shout out to him, man, for checking in on me uh, when he thought that your boy was not right mentally. So I do appreciate that shit. But outside of that, man, life is good. Life is good. And also, right. don't stay away from Z Trip, y'all. If y'all in Missouri. <laughs> I pass it on to Joe Jeff, man. How you doing, Chief? Man, I'm good. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to chime in earlier. It wasn't working. Um, man, I ain't got much to follow that. Man, that's uh, that's some exciting stories right there. <laughs> I was a, I was the beneficiary of uh, a few of those snow days that uh that AC was talking about, and yeah. so uh, got to do some adulting. Okay. Um, you know. Did some work on some bills and that type of thing. So I mean, it was it was a productive week, even though we weren't in school. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm sure it's a much deserved break. Absolutely, absolutely. So I do have a side eye. Ooh. Uh, of course you do. The white folks came for your dog. Nope. Okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, niggas who look a gift horse in the mouth. Oh shit. You're talking about talking about ten. Ten meters. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. wow. This might be the first ever check in side eye. Side right, exactly. <laughs> um, <bottle> side eye. <laughs> this 
is a motherfucking first. God damn it. Well, he, said, he said it was his side. It was his side out, so we couldn't get him. I was like, oh, well, I'm making my side out there. That's that trap card. You got to reverse that shit. Oh, shit. You don't get what the fuzzy? You what the fuzzy? That nigga right. just played a game of Uno and you reverse back to you. Right. Reverse, reverse, draw four, reverse, skip, reverse. <laughs> oh, That's shit. That's crazy. Did we lose Joe? What'd you say? Did we lose Joe? No, he's there. You said that, man? Can you hear me? I know he said his. Yeah, we can there hear we go. Oh, we can hear him. There you go. Oh, he's going in and out, huh? Yeah, I think he having some technical yeah. issues. Am I? Now I we believe hear you now, so, bro. I don't know what to say. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> I, mean, I hear you. But you're coming in and out, I think. Mm. Nah, I think I think he's good. Say something. Something. There you go. Say so, anything else, good sir? Nah, man. I mean, um, good day to be alive. Amen. Yes, sir. Indeed, indeed. All right, man. Let's go ahead and get this shit started. All right. What can white people do that black people can't? Use a political rally as a smokescreen to execute a plan to gather by the thousands, forcibly enter a federal building with threats of maiming or murdering elected officials, going through their offices, rifling through their paperwork, smearing shit on the walls, bypassing democracy in order to overthrow the government. All of this with one casualty, one loss of life, and having people with power on the inside that can steer the investigation to ensure that the perpetrators get away with it. What does... What... You know what? What is this nigga girl talking about? It is clear yeah. as uh, GOP chairman Rana, Rana McDaniel said, this is nothing more than legitimate political discourse. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. And then that person that died was a patriot. That Bobby, I don't know what that lady's name is. I ain't got time to remember that bitch's name. But she's a patriot. That's what I've been told. She was killed unjustly, even though she was shown breaking into a capital, the Capitol building. Yeah. This is all lies. All lies by black people because it's, it's Black History Month. We're going to get on to this nigga, uh, Brian Flores. I guess he's black with a Mexican name. We're going to get on to this nigga later right. on. <laughs> This, this this should have been the sellout episode. It would have been pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> it would have been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we got that in the back pocket. We're gonna we're gonna have to execute one. I don't yeah, know. Hey, yeah, yeah. Sellout episode. <laughs> that shit in the, in the middle of Black History Month. Nah, this, yes. No. Ooh. Oh, that be that would be a hell of a plot twist. That. Yes. <laughs> we'll keep that. Yeah. We, we, we got. We gonna talk about that I offline. We need to talk about that <laughs> offline for real. Like niggas, niggas, get your get your get your clan rally talking points together. There we go. <laughs> but Ronald, I keep wanting to say Ronald McDonald because this bitch is a clown. But Rana McDaniel, uh, in a tweet, says that Cheney and Kingsinger, which are two uh, GOP uh, persons, chose to join Pelosi in a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens who engage in legitimate. Political discourse that had nothing to do, n- nothing to do 
with violence at the Capitol. Wow. Was she there? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying, was she actually physically there witnessing this shit? Because if she was physically there witnessing this shit, violence was the first thing that happened. She was probably there participating. She probably gave these niggas the blueprints to the Capitol. Yeah. Yeah, about, yeah exactly. Yeah. A Capitol bill now, let me say. Uh, and then, uh, Mitt, hey, I, don't, I don't know what's up with Mitt Romney. I don't know. He really hates Trump, but he's been trying to be friends for a minute. Shane falls on a party that was censured persons of conscience who seek the truth in the face of vitriol. Honor attaches to Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger for seeking truth even when doing so comes at great personal cost. Shout out to Mitt Romney. I never thought I would say that. In public. public. What what, do you say, Zed? I didn't say anything. I thought no, I, said, I, I was just saying me neither. I never thought that I would be like, wow, okay, Mitt, um, you know, I never thought <laughs> well, that I would be saying that either. Well, I, mean, I mean, there has been uh, several instances, incidences where um, instances, and what I meant, uh, where Mitt Romney would always challenge uh, Trumpism. Yeah, Mitt, Mitt don't fuck with Trump. He has, yeah, no. he has. That's true. Yeah, yeah. he don't. I, that's so. why I said this is this this whole Trump era thing. Mitt don't fuck with Trump at all. I I have been noticing so. that. No. Uh. So. Yeah, man. So that that's crazy. Like like political discourse. That's what it is when. And as my man, who is this uh, brother here? Uh, not this white guy. Did Did they say uh, political discourse or discord? Uh, she said discourse, but it should have been discord. Discord. Yeah. Or, but the fact that she said the ordinary citizens, not terrorists, not looters, not rioters, not thugs, not all the things that are associated with black people do things when they're when they are angered and feel like they are not their voices aren't being heard in their own communities. These motherfuckers took private planes, private jets, RVs, or whatever the fuck else, fucking shrimp boats to DC. <laughs> And fucking storm the Capitol building, dog, and they they get to still be called ordinary citizens. I can imagine them sailing a shrimp boat up the Potomac. Hey, bro, whatever, man. They probably stand on they that motherfucker like George boat. Washington, bro. <laughs> I'm just, I can see it. I can see it. That, I mean, I mean, my I man. Want a little funny hat too. Yeah, dog. My my right. man, my man showed up like a Simpson character. He legitimately showed up like a fucking Simpson character, bro. Yeah. The the, the nigga that was in jail talking about I eat I only eat grass fed beef. Oh, nigga, yeah. you better uh, nigga, you right. better eat these grits and and, and toast. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Q nine Simon. Yeah, Q nine yeah, Simon. Yeah, thank Q9 you, thank you, brother. Yeah, but uh. We can, move on, we can move on to this uh, to address that. Five dead, 140 officers injured, $30 million in damages, feces smeared on the wall, the GOP's definition of legitimate political discourse. All you need to do, all you need to do is watch four hours at the Capitol on HBO, bro. And if you call yeah. it political discourse after that, you you just blind and dumb, or you just don't give a fuck. Like because right. it, it, hey, when, you watch the little, when you watch the little handicapped dude in the four wheeler narrating the whole shit, which ironically, after yeah. all the shit was over, they left his motherfucking ass behind, and he was stuck. They did, sure did. Yep. Yeah, his ass behind. But when you watch him and the Proud Boys 
what they call themselves with their political discord, storm the Capitol and watch all the footage of that shit. And you can just literally fix your mouth to say that. You 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 are a sick, twisted, sweet, twisted person in your head to actually fix your mouth to say that. Be honest. Oh, fuck them all. Yeah. Hey, now, now, uh, go back. Go back, go back. Legitimate political discourse. God dang it. There we go. You know, you know what that reminds me of, right? What's that, sir? Legitimate rape. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There might be some sort of there might be some sort of connection, man. Is that is that like the lock and key word for these motherfuckers, bro? I think it might. Yeah, it might be like like like. Yeah. They start to, they start to zone out and start whistling or something when they hear legitimate. Hey, nigga, it's like the uh, Manchurian Candidate, nigga. Before a bunch of before a bunch of racists. Uh, what they talking about? <laughs> hey, they in they fucking TV just motherfucking swaying. They get that legitimate. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> hey, Karen, I see you there. Um, that is legitimately a nice dress. Must go kill niggers. <laughs> Fuck Joe Biden. Go, Brandon. Nigga, <laughs> just. <laughs> you might be onto something, dog. We might have to research that shit. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of tweets. It, it, it should have been that. That is a good. That's a good one. I might have. Yeah, we might look into that. Uh, speaking of shit that should be looked into, that's being ignored. Because I have. I mean, I've been seeing it on my Twitter feed. Because I fuck with niggas that went to HBCUs, and I fuck with niggas right. on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's scary. It is horrifying. Bomb threats have been made to more than a dozen HBCUs over two days. And uh, if you don't know, historically black college or university for the people who may not know, because they they out there. There we go. Um, more than a dozen historically black college and university reported bomb threats Tuesday, marking the second consecutive the second consecutive days of threats at HBCUs nationwide, and prompting uh, calls for federal law enforcement to investigate amid campus lockdowns. What the fuck is going on? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, man, that's 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 crazy. I don't know. I I think the last thing that I heard about it was that uh, at least. A couple of them, they said it was, it looked like it was some uh, teenagers behind it, some white teenagers behind it or some shit. I could see that. Uh, and, yeah, I could see that, too. But I was also thinking, I think my girl has said something about it, about, like, uh, I mean, why would they do that and, and then call it in, you know what I'm saying, and give warning or whatever. And I started thinking about it. I was like, man, it could be a fucking, you know, like, like let's say, I don't have any personal experience with this, but I've seen uh, people that uh, bank robbers and shit like, you know, they might be targeting a bank or something. So they're sending a false some shit, you know, to see how the how the response is and and uh, see where the weaknesses are. And you know what I mean? And so that they can exploit it uh, at a later date and time. So I could also see some shit like that being, you know what I mean? Uh, For sure, uh, being it, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, maybe I'm paranoid or some shit, but I don't know. It, it seemed, I don't know. It just seemed, I, I could see it being some teenagers too, but shit, that shit was pretty coordinated, and, and you know, teenagers for it to happen over two days at multiple uh, HBCUs. So I don't know, man. That's something you know definitely need to be uh, 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 
close eye definitely needs to be kept on it. I know that much. As, right. As we learned from Kyle Rittenhouse, teenagers know how to kill and they can put bombs. I mean, I'm not saying Kyle put a bomb True together, that. but they can find out how to right. put bombs together. So, True that. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, among the other campuses to report the news threats Tuesday were uh, Kentucky State University in Frankfurt, Xavier mm-hmm. University of Louisiana in New, or- in New Orleans, uh, Edward mm-hmm. Waters University in Jacksonville, Florida, Fort Valley State University in Georgia, Spelman College in Atlanta, Coppin State in, uh, University in Baltimore, Alcorn State University in Lorman, Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State University in Ita- uh, Bena, Mississippi, Ooh, damn. and the University of District Columbia, Philander, Philander Smith College in Little Rock, Arkansas, and Jackson State University in Mississippi. It's a lot of colleges. That's a lot of niggas. Yeah. Hey, man, that's fucked up. Uh, whatever. Hey, I like it. But it is, you know, real quick, man, it is just a, a continuation of uh, of a legacy and the history mm-hmm. of uh, terrorism against black people in this country. Yeah. But saying that and, 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 and things, you know, you're going to hurt their feelings. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot, yeah, this is White Compassionate Month. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's just legitimate discord, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah, just don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, y'all there on them campuses, man. Y'all be safe. Uh, you know, uh, my degree is uh, from the university. you see some suspicious shit, report that shit. Fuck yeah. You. Yes. Yeah, I, I Don't got take my, no chances. I got my degree from yeah. University, man. So, uh, little, little known gym here in the state of Missouri. Uh, yeah, y'all be safe on the campuses. And to that white lady uh, at the nursing home when I was doing my nursing rotation, said that she was in. A, she probably listened to Fox News under the belief that uh, white people could not go to HBCUs, and she was surprised that all the nursing students were white. <laughs> right. And I was like, I was like, that's not how it works. <laughs> here's your, here's your medication, Kathy. <laughs> A punch to the goddamn head. Anyway, uh, speaking of misinformed people, I don't know how to. Yeah, we can talk. I don't know how deep we're gonna get into. Yeah, it. don't go ahead and put out that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Don't, 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 don't judge it before we hear her out. So, we hear. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg apologizes and at the same time seemingly doubles down on Holocaust comments. Is she a white woman? That's something a white woman would do. Let's listen to this shit. Uh boop. But I think I think this is on this is her on um The View. The View, yeah. Yeah, but then she was off she I think she it doubled down when she was on uh I forgot whose show she was on, but hold on. Let's... Oh, it looked like she was on My the one on CBS. Yeah. At so many people, which was never my intention. Whoopi Goldberg is apologizing after continued criticism and an appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, where she seemingly Stephen doubled Colbert. down on her comments on the Holocaust. The uproar began Monday when The View host discussed a Tennessee school district voting to pull Art Spiegelman's Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel Mouse, which is about the Holocaust due to inappropriate language and nudity. Because my words upset so many people, which was never my intention. And I understand why now, and for that, I am deeply, deeply grateful. Goldberg's comments drew immediate backlash, with some taking to social media and even the official Auschwitz Memorial Twitter account messaging Goldberg with an online course about the Holocaust. Later Monday, Goldberg tweeted a formal apology for her comments, saying... On today's show, this is Whoopi Goldberg. I said the Holocaust is not about race. 
but about a man's uh, inhumanity to man. I should have said it's about both, as Jonathan uh, Greenbaugh from the Anti-Defamation League shared. The Holocaust was about the, na the Nazi systemic annihilation of Jewish people, who they deemed to be an inferior race. I stand corrected. Those are her words. I'm sorry for the hurt that I have caused. However, on Colbert, Goldberg seemed to go deeper into her original statements. When you talk about uh, being a racist, I was saying you can't call this racism. This was evil. Mm -hmm. This wasn't this wasn't based on the skin. She continued, my point is they had to do the work. If the Klan is coming down the street mm -hmm. and I'm standing with a Jewish friend and neither one, well, I'm going to run. She continued, but if my friend decides not to run, they'll get passed by most times because you can't tell most times. However, Goldberg made a more forceful and seemingly heartfelt apology on The View on Tuesday, saying she misspoke. But it is indeed about race because Hitler and the Nazis considered Jews to be an inferior race. Now, words matter and mine are no exception. I regret my comments, as I said, and I stand corrected. The View then hosted Jonathan Greenblatt, the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, to lead them in a discussion about the Holocaust and race. Greenblatt added that The View should consider adding a Jewish host to fill the open co-host spot vacated by Meghan McCain. To watch the full conversation, head to THR.com. And for the latest... They get no pub. I get it. I'll say I get what she was getting at, but I also will say, we talked about the show too, there are a few hot-button topics out there. The Holocaust being one, nigga. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but mm -hmm. I get what she's saying. It's like, if you're, especially when she made the 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 analogy of a Klansman running down the street, running towards us, and I have my Jewish white friend. He ain't gonna know that my white friend's Jewish. No. So yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of, unless he's like you know old school. Uh, what was that? Uh, not, I almost said Asiatic. Jew. I almost said Asiatic. Thank you, Sam. Hasidic <laughs> <laughs> Jew. Unless he got the curly, the curly beard and all that shit, they ain't gonna know. Yeah, right. No. So I get what she getting at, but once again, like when we had the discussion on Palestine and Israel, it's like, hey, we can talk about it, but let's be careful, nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, 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 that is racism that. there. Ultimately, you know, if you want to get to the to the root of it, as far as you know, whether you're talking about the Holocaust or mm. uh, uh, chattel slavery, uh, you want to talk about the uh, decimation of the native populations mm. in not only America but in uh, South America and a bunch of islands that we now know as the Caribbean islands and shit. Shit, just the, the continent uh, of India know, shit. shit. I mean, it, at its core, it is man's inhumanity to man. It is. You know what I'm saying? So she wasn't wrong about that. But, you know, <laughs> with that being said, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, the, the, the uh, what was it? What right was it? The third right? Am I yeah. Third right. Right. Yeah. For a second. yeah, the third, third right. right. I was about to say the fourth right. Uh, the third right, you know, they were Damn. definitely yeah. targeting Jews because they were Jews. You know what I'm saying? And they were, you know, they did uh, consider them in, in, uh, inhuman or a lower species or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't know their ideology in and out, you know. But, you know, so, I mean, she was right and she was wrong at the same time. And, you know what I mean? But one, one of the things that 
in these type of situations when it comes to the Jewish community uh, that I always kind of think about is just how fucking powerful they are, man. Just, you know, with the, uh, what is it called? The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League. Yes, sir. You know, which is, which is, is kudos to them. You know what I'm saying? But uh, how, you know, how when people do in a public space uh, say some shit that, you know, that they don't like, uh, man, they, they own it right away. And motherfuckers, yeah, right. that motherfuckers be apologizing, right? Be apologizing, rather. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much immediately. You know, I think Nick Cannon tried to hold out for a minute, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, but ultimately he apologized. And, you know, I don't know if, Pro- if Professor Griff ever apologized, but, you know, that was a long time ago. But, um, but yeah, man, just the, just the type of uh, power that they have have um, have have gained, you know what I'm saying, uh, consciously, you know what I'm saying? And it makes me think of what we could do as a community of African-Americans, black people, you know, in this country, if we uh, band together in a real way and, uh, and, and you know, and really exerted our uh, collective strength, you know, we could have, a, I, th- I think we could, I think we could have a similar uh, effect, you know what I, I mean? I so, agree with Zip. Uh, I totally agree with that. But what, what I think the, the differentiating factor with them, though, is the economic power, like you said, the economic power that they have and that they carry um, in the entire country and the world, you know, in general, mm-hmm. um, you know, they control so many things. Like, you know, when you talk about mm-hmm. the entertainment industry, like, yeah, about all this, especially in, yeah, in the media. Yeah, that's, yep. that, that's out so, there. I mean, they have so much power economically that they have the ability to uh, to react like that and have those countermeasures in place. And that's right. one of those where, you know, we always talk about, oh, buy black, you know, do this black, do that black. I, I, I think part of, our is- part of our issue, and I may be wrong, and y'all can correct me on this, until, you know, we get, you know, some type of economic structure or control as a black community like that, it is we're never going to get that reaction or that response when we have the same type of, Defamation against us in our history. Well, no, I think well, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, I I believe that the system is rigged to uh, keep us separate and keep us from um, like co- you know uh, co co-oping, uh, putting our uh, resources together. I really do think that, the, in my opinion, it's just my opinion. That the system of economic, you know, gains are rigged against us. The rules are always change. Is the, the rules are always fluid when it comes to African Americans uh, and wealth. Um, in my opinion. I mean, I and think that you. Can't. I think that you. I think that you make a, a good point. I think that it, you know that that's true. However, also and just like uh, what AC was saying, I think that he what he said. Uh, is true also, but it has to start somewhere though. Like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so they they, they weren't they, they didn't always have that standing. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously in in Germany back then, you know what I'm saying. And that was like a second Holocaust in Germany at that time. But you know that's that's another story. But um, but you know and, and in America also they didn't always uh, have that type of that type of pool. So you know, but that's a you know that's something that they've worked towards that they you know uh, built up. 
you know, as with anything, uh, it has to be built. So I think that that's something that is definitely doable in our community. Uh, now we have a long history to, to work through and 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 a lot of uh, brainwashing and, you know what I'm saying? To, to Yeah, we do have a lot of reprogramming to do. Yeah, a lot of reprogramming. Uh, yeah, that's a good word. Do you guys think, and I pose this question to everybody here, do you think that the way we transition to America and the way they transition to America had anything to do with how they got a foothold on what they have and how we are in a place where we are uh, as a community economically um, I mean, to but, get that power? But here's the thing. That, I mean, I damn. think it has damn near everything to do with it. Could we, we, go ahead, bro. We are slowly creeping down hotel pathways, but uh, <laughs> there is, I mean, I'm, not, I'm just saying, though, for real talk, though, but there is also something to be, there's legitimate talk about when we talk about uh, reparations in the black community, there were reparations paid out to <clears throat> Jewish communities, Jewish families to help build a certain amount of wealth that mm-hmm. we were set behind. Even if, as we, even our own, like, our own fathers who served in, some of us fathers who served in the military who withheld benefits of the GI Bill, which we know built the middle class here in America. Fuck reparations. Right. Like even that thing where you right. just went out and fought and came back home. And yes, and, and, I, and I, like I said, I get what Whoopi is saying because we, we, we know there are stories of, 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 of Jewish people who came here to America and hid the fact that they were Jewish. Because they Correct. pass as white. Yeah, changing their name. So what do you mm-hmm. want to what do you say? I'm Jewish or I'm white. We know the same for Irish people too, right? Who change their name right. to fit into a culture. I can't... Even if my name is... Even if my name is... When I came here, my name is Mutombo McGee. And I changed it to, to fucking William Chatterfield. I'm still a nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't blend in. <laughs> So yes, right. there, I mean, even if we all come here together, it, as a certain way, we didn't come here as slaves. We we would mm-hmm. never be able to blend in. Never. No. No. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's so. A good point. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. We, yeah, yeah. We, so I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound whole tepid. Should be like, oh, you know, we we didn't heard stories where the Jewish people got weather machines and they run the world and all this. And I, and I get it. They have a certain amount of affluence and wealth and things of that nature. I get it. I get it. I get it. And I kind of want to come back to the point of what Whoopi was saying, where if you want to talk about race, let's take about take it back to when. People were allowed, didn't have to, when, when you had to, I'm sorry, uh, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate, people had to hide their, uh, whether it be religious or if you want to call Jewish a race, that's fine, mm-hmm. but you were still able to pass as a white man or a white woman. Right, that's correct. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. My black ass mm-hmm. still had to go down to my son, had to leave the son downtown, because even though I changed my name to whatever, I'm still a nigga. I can't pass. Right. Right. Yeah, there are Hispanic people that do it now to this day. To this Hispanic day. Freddie Prince Jr. I ain't know that motherfucker was Hispanic till a couple years ago. Yeah. I think I was listening to, 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 to uh, some Paul Mooney skit. And I was like, oh, damn, that nigga is Mexican? I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it happens though, right? And we don't, we, we get, like, and we talk about like the separation as far as our communities. We, 
the separation of all these communities where we all have to be forced to pass to fit into a European right. standard, that's the thing that needs to be fucking addressed. Right. And to this day, we still like motherfuckers still trying to pass for white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's crazy to me. Another prime example, too, is the Sheens. Hmm? Yeah, them niggas the Sheens. Yeah, them niggas too. But anyway, oh, oh, Charlie Sheen and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, their last name is Estevez. Right. Yeah. Only Emilio kept that shit. And and then to go back to what y'all said, I I don't, I don't know, I don't have an answer either as far as like how we get that level of authority and power. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I just coincidentally, I happened to be listening to some music. Uh, a few days ago, and it was just on one of my playlists on Spotify and on random and uh, motherfucking. I hadn't heard the song in a minute, but uh, the story of OJ came on uh, by oh, Jay Z, yeah. and uh, he addresses he addresses that shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. He directly addresses a lot of that. You know what I mean? As far as like what we can do, as far as empowering ourselves, uh, and how as we a can generate community. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. You know what I mean? So. Um, so yeah, man. I think that that, I think that that's something that's necessary. Uh, you know, everybody know America runs off of, off of the greenback. You know what I mean? So yeah, it does. But you know, but we also been shown time and time again in this country whenever we try to empower ourselves, separate ourselves, and get a little uh, get a, a foothold in it, it gets destroyed by the force. The, the, the same forces mm-hmm. who don't want us to have that power or that foothold. Exactly. They keep this moving the goalposts. Yeah. Goalposts. Yeah, yeah. Fuck moving them. They just destroy the whole stadium, nigga. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Say, so why bother moving the motherfuckers? Yeah, they just destroy the stadium. Just stadium. Yeah. Fuck. So I, I don't know. Any, any other? I mean, I get it. You know, shout out to Whoopi. She didn't give a bullshit apology. You know, whatever. That's because she. That's because she wasn't wrong. Oh uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't. I don't think she was wrong. Because Jewish people, like black people, can be Jewish. That too, Hebrews, yeah, black Hebrews. True. This is it's a, it's a religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a, family, it's, also, it's, a family, it's, also, it's a family lineage. I wouldn't call it a race. I think it's also yeah. a race. I think there are people that would debate you on it. The white people. Yeah, there. I'm just saying there are people who will debate you on it. But and and they they can debate me and they can be wrong. That's okay. Yeah, I know you were saying that. Race, race, race is a fucking social construct anyway. We all one race. Yeah. So I mean, this I'm is true. Bullshit. And so, being said, the way we get back at them, I told y'all before, we need to develop our own fucking word. They got anti-Semitism. We got anti-melanation. For them to come at our black sister Whoopi, that was anti-melanation, and I will not stand for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I love it. But no, no, but but I like even more. It's we like need some apologies over this bitch. Oh, we yeah. need some, ap- right. some apologies on on top top. That's yeah, anti-melanation. Yeah. Anti-melanated. But yeah, but shout yeah, out to Whoopi. I mean, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Send Gary to lead the, dis- uh, the discussion on. Damn, for real. Yeah. You, you said you were a good Jewish person. Be a good Jewish person. I heard you. I heard you. I heard you was a good. Damn, I can't say that. I'm, now I'm about to start playing. I'm. A, I want. I want to go. <laughs> nigga, we about to head down that road. I want. <laughs> I want to play Hymie Town, nigga. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, take me to Hammertown, nigga. <laughs> <laughs>
we always circle back there. We always do. My bad. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I can't, it's like hard for me. I can't disagree with her. Like the thing, like, don't get me wrong. What I was saying is she bumped up against something you can't do here in America. You, That's what it is. You can't, we, you can't make the, the new thing. You can't make white people feel uncomfortable. And no, you you you've not. never been able to say anything but the Holocaust was bad. You can't question. She, she said the Holocaust was bad. No, no, no. I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. It wasn't about racism. I'm saying. No, you had. To, if you hear what I'm saying? You have to leave it at that. You can't. You can't go to any kind can't of like caveat or caveat. Yeah, yeah. She she broke the rule of going into the discussion of the gray area that no one wants to talk about because you're not allowed to talk about it. That's right. It makes it makes white people uncomfortable. That too. Well, who are Jewish people? My bad. Damn. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Before we get, nigga, uh, we gonna cut our show off in the middle. Uh, speaking That's of white okay. people, uh, <laughs> these bitches—they might be Jewish. I don't know. Hey, uh, hello, huh? hello, hello, hello. Y'all still there? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think they cut off the show. <laughs> Long oh, two. Well, my bad. My bad. I hear you. Two Long Island New York nurses in uh nurses in an employee. What does that mean? In an employee, I guess it's some tech or something. I don't know. Were arrested and are accused of making over one point five million dollars in selling fake COVID nineteen vaccination cards. Authorities said. That's what AB got his from, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Today we're so here's my. Go ahead, my ahead, hold, no, hold no, on a second. Wait, they were handing out vaccination cards and charging two hundred and twenty dollars for adults, eighty-five dollars for children, according to the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office. Yeah, I'm mean, shit. I'm surprised is, it took this long to find out. Find the motherfucker. No, first of all, do the math on that. They made one point five million. They selling two hundred and twenty dollars. Two hundred twenty eighty-five. So the game that's a Bruh, lot of motherfucking paper. Bruh. <laughs> How in the fuck did these bitches get caught? Somebody told. You know, we can live here. Hold on. Hold on. The ske- hold on here we go. The scheme. It was AB Chef. The scheme was foiled when an undercover detective was given a vaccine card but was never given the vaccine, authority said. There you go. <laughs> you ass. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Oh. I'm sure somebody said something. Well, nigga, I'm sure. I'm sure, nigga. I'm sure when all these people they had, because they said they had all these people lining up outside of this place to get vaccines, like an unreal numbers of lines, and they had people. all this vaccine left over. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> supply. <laughs> or, or or it's the other way or it's the other way around. You got this uh, federal official documentation. All these cars come right. up missing, but you still got this vaccine. You know, what I'm saying so both ways, right? Either way it go, either way it go. There's a lot of vials and not a lot of cars, nigga. <laughs> How come there is not one car per vial? Yeah. So yeah, that's still a question. Well, you vaccine 800 motherfuckers at 10:22 on Sunday, February 5th, on all at the same time. Something fishy. <laughs> hey, dog, but like, but like, it, it comes back to my point though, too, though, right? Where it's like this cash, uh, was it cash blanc? You supposed to all soldiers celebrate the soldiers? No, nah, there's some fucking bad soldiers out there. 
Yeah. All nurses ain't good either, nigga. We didn't cover shows on. We didn't cover yeah, stories of niggas just sending columns of air bubbles into niggas' hearts to right. kill them. Yes. Yeah. Ain't that just it's cash block? It's like, oh, oh yeah, you a nurse, so you good? No, 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 no. Bad people <laughs> can get nursing degrees, nigga. Oh yes, 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 yes. So can assholes, such as myself. I just happen to be a good person. I don't want to kill nobody. I just want to get my money and go home. That's okay. <laughs> So yeah, man. Uh, damn, they found they searched this they searched this chick's home. They found nine hundred thousand in cash. It's, dog, oh, shit. That's how they get everybody. Everybody a keep ledger. a ledger. What is happening with these people? No. Sure, what is this? What is this? One point five million dating back to November twenty twenty one. Nigga, what? Damn. They made one, they made one point five million in two three fast, months, bro. Huh? Three yeah. fucking months, bro. They made point five. Hey y'all, hey hey. Uh, I'm in the wrong fucking profession. Here, here the brothers know, breaking bro. bread. We don't believe in the illegal activities, but we do believe in common sense. If you're gonna do illegal activities, don't keep a ledger. <laughs> just, I won't go back and watch like any like FBI movie back from the sixties uh, when they was chasing yeah. niggas down. They always catch. It's always the tax man to get you. It's always yeah. the tax man to get you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, fuck the bitches. Uh, uh-huh. hold on, we were moving on to that was like uh, on that episode of The Wire when uh. Right. When they when they put when they had the little coalition or whatever the co-op that's yeah. what it's called the co-op yeah. and old boy I forget was his taking name. notes he was taking say. notes yeah, he's taking yeah. notes yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah. the minutes yeah. we need the nope. minutes that nigga say you like, taking notes like, on a criminal criminal fucking conspiracy, conspiracy. <laughs> 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 what the fuck is wrong with you niggas are stupid oh man he was like I done fooled you bro I done fooled you acting all acting all legit shit. <laughs> oh my god! I don't I don't know why I pulled the Fox News uh, link up, but god damn it, I did. Oh, I hate I hate myself now. So we're gonna play this video from um, uh, NDRE, uh, and it's talking about um, how she's pulling her music off of Spotify. And the big reason is, what kicked, so what kicked the whole thing off was Joe Rogan. Some of his uh, anti-vaccination uh, COVID shit that he got going on has been go- had going on, uh, and Neil Young said, "You know what? <clears throat> I don't want none of my music on Spotify." So he was the first big- because because Spotify pays, pays Joe Rogan pays yeah Joe Rogan has mm-hmm. an exclusive deal with Spotify. There we go. Yeah, and so he and then like now it's and then. You'll hear uh, NDRE kind of break it down. I'm not gonna. It's a five minute video, of course. Show notes. Go to them if you want to hear the whole thing. But in the first couple of minutes, she breaks down how artists are paid a certain percentage, which is a very low percentage, but they got enough money to pay Joe Rogan. But is it a hundred million? I think I don't know. It's like a hundred million. Yeah, it's a hundred something. But for her, it wasn't about it wasn't about anti vax I mean, like fuck the anti vax shit too. But that's not what it was for her. It was right. the it yeah. was for her. Uh-huh. So also, I, yeah, I was about to go on to, and that's why I've never fucked with Joe Rogan. I don't know. I don't know if he racist, but he definitely got a cat now. He I don't know if y'all seen um for the listeners out there, seen uh, Watchmen, the HBO series, not the movie, he definitely got a hidden closet 
where he got a clan outfit in that motherfucker somewhere. Right. Okay. <laughs> Straight up. So, um, yeah. And I don't want, yeah, this is Fox News, so yeah. But yeah, you, you, you hear it, and you'll hear uh, Indy uh, Irie. And, hey, man, Indy Irie didn't age pretty well. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. She She has. Yes. Amen. She's always been a beautiful woman. No, she never been ugly. I'm just saying that, yeah, you know, sometimes you, ne- you, ne- you never know. You never know what the fame and, and she never, she never, she never went out of her way to like accentuate it in a, in a, you know, kind of whatever way, classical way or not class, you know, whatever European way. But yeah, but she, she kept it. Well, no, she kept it under wraps. She, she used to always had a hair wraps and yeah. her clothing. She, she, she wasn't, she wasn't Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Yeah, right, and, right, right. And, and I'm saying she's not even doing that here, but I think like the hair out with the gray streaks in it. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Let's go. Yes, I am. Oh shit! Uh, my bad. But well, I decided to ask. No, I'm, I'm gonna wind it back. My bad, y'all. I had mute. Hey y'all, I want to leave a short message here about why I decided to. Why I decided to ask my music be pulled off of Spotify. So check this out. No white people. It says okay, take me to this one, and the guy goes okay. Goes that in a good neighborhood? It's- so in case you don't know that man's voice, this is Joe Rogan telling the story. So NDIRE decided to clip it into her uh, video. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Guy barely speaks English. He takes us there. We get out and we're giggling. Ooh, we're going to see Planet of the Apes. We walk into Planet of the Apes. <laughs> we walked into Africa, dude. We, we, we walked in the door and there was no white people. I empathize with the people who are leaving for the COVID disinformation reasons. And I think that they should. I also think that Joe Rogan has the right to say what he wants to say. I also think that I have the right to say what I want to say. So as an artist who builds, Spotify is built on the back of the music streaming. So they take this money that's built from streaming and they pay this guy $100 million, but they pay us 0.003% of a penny. Just take me off. I don't want to generate money that pays this. Just take me off. That's where I'm at. And I know that uh, I'm actually, to be honest with you, surprised that my statements were picked up because I thought people weren't really going to listen to me because that's what I'm the kind of that's what I'm used to from the industry. But I'm glad that I am being heard, and for that reason, I want to clarify my statements again. This is why. Watch this. So once again, this is Joe Rogan's voice. You know the nigger thing. Yes, saying the word nigger. Oh, you've already said nigger. D is just like nigger. Saying nigger. She's calling you a nigger. It's like this boy that he's a nigger, but starts calling them niggers. Word nigger. There should be a word like nigger, especially the word nigger. That's our nigger. About niggers. He says nigger. Guy a nigger. And then our niggers start saying nigger. About to use the word nigger. Out the word nigger. See nigger. Word nigger. Say nigger, and he couldn't say nigger. Most nigger. So we know how social media can be. Things can be doctored, people are taken out of context. It's happened to me many times. However, I want to be clear in no uncertain terms where I stand on this is that he shouldn't even be uttering the word. Don't even say it under any context. Well, that man's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Cut and yeah, man, look, I'm going I'm to say this, man. I... Um, have been a uh, watcher and listener to Joe Rogan's podcast. You know what I'm saying? I never really got into his comedy, uh, but I don't even know how I got on his podcast, but I just, uh, you know, I, once I realized that he had a podcast and I 
caught an episode with somebody and I thought it was an interesting, I thought it was a good conversation. And then I saw like the variety of guests that he has on and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I tune in from time to time. I never knew any of this shit, you know what I'm saying? Until today, literally until today, uh, when, um, when, uh, uh, who posted it up in the James, I think, right? Uh, I think I think that's who posted anything. Uh, but yeah, man. And so you know, man. Look, that's I I agree with her, man. There's no for what reason. You know what I'm saying? There's no there's no. And I know that the shit was spliced up and shit. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't just a one conversation, but that's even worse. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't just one. It didn't seem like it was just one conversation, at least. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, he seemed quite comfortable uh, saying nigger. You know, out of out of his mouth, that wasn't that wasn't nothing that was uh that was unusual per se for him oh, yeah. to say. I don't believe. But but how do we know he's not black? He might be a black Jew. <laughs> he might be, yeah, he might be black Jew. I'm trying to tell you. He's a mm-hmm. he's an Israelite. He, he Hebrew he's Israelite. Israelite. He might be Hebrew Israelite. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel you, Zeb. I'm the same way with like a uh, uh, Bill uh, Disappointed. Maher. Maher, you know what I'm saying? Bill, yeah. Uh, he, Bill Maher, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used Bill to fuck Maher. And I think more, I, I fucked with him because the uh, atheist in me, like, like it kind of spoke to me where it was like as far as some, somebody out there, you know. And then also having kind of like a wild side as far as like talk, you know, he seemed to be speaking truth to power as far as like, you know, mm-hmm. taking a stand uh-huh. against like both Democrats and Republicans for the most part. But then come to find yes. out he just he just a, a rich fuck boy. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel it. I mean, I feel it. I, I was kind of right. like, damn, I can't, I can't, I, I can't fuck with this motherfucker no more. I ain't watching this shit. He out here saying mm-hmm. nigga, nigger, right. and all this shit. Got uh, all these motherfucking uh, clan sympathizers on his show. And um, you know he 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 and ha 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 with him. I can't really. Yeah, I, I felt the same way, bro. It, it, it broke. It kind of not broke my heart, of course. But it was like, damn, somebody I can't I can't really fuck with no more. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I I I remember back in the news radio days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's just anti-melanated, man. I don't mm-hmm. know what to say. Anti, you know, anti-melanated, bro. I'm trying to tell you, man. Yeah, I feel we. I feel it. Oh man, but yeah, man, shout yeah, good, good. And, and then and then and I get it, like like kind of like this is part of the answer to the question we were asking on the other article. How do we get this empowerment? How do we get this power? It's movements like this, but at the same time, it, it's it's a system that's built to where, unfortunately, white people have to buy into it too. Yeah, unfortunately. That's true. Yeah, unfortunately, and I hate to say right. it, they whether they be Jewish, Christian, Baptist, atheist, agnostic, white people got to buy into it too. Because if NDIRE, NDIRE giving up her fucking zero point zero three percent of a penny. Yeah, but see, NDIRE, NDIRE went on to say that, um, what if we all? Jumped off, and, and the thing is, she did that. You know, yes, black people might make up twelve percent of the population, but they don't make up twelve percent of the music population. That is true. No. That you is know, right. she was like, yeah, because she said, "Go ahead." Right, there you go. 
No, no, I was going to say what you were about to say. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the, the music industry, uh, the lion's share of consumable music comes from black people, and we all already know how rock and roll was stolen from black folks. You know what I'm saying? Of yeah. course. So mm-hmm. she's like, what if we all just get the fuck off just of us? shit. I mean, so we have demands. Joe Rogan ain't shit, and he ain't shit because he do the conspiracy theory shit, but he, he ain't shit because that motherfucker will not, you know what I'm saying, respect boundaries. No. Hey, well, let's just pull our shit off and see what, and, and see what the, the Jews running uh, Spotify had to say about that. Hey, I, I agree. But at the end of the day, Somebody, whether they Jewish or whatever, whatever group they adhere to, a white dude got to buy into it. A white dude got to say, or a woman, whatever the fuck. When 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 the money's gone, shit. Right. I was going to say because I mean there is a title, you know, and yeah. I don't know who all owns that. I know that Jay Z. I don't know if he owns it outright or you know I don't know the, the exact business behind it, but I know that you know that's considered his platform, uh, at least in name. And yeah, man, look, like Joe was saying, that's about the money. So if let's just say it, it fucking just by a stroke of luck, it happens that all the black artists, musicians, just all all are of the same frame of mind. It's like, you know what? Fuck that shit. We're going to take our shit off of Spotify. Hey, but people ain't really got to, you know, as far as Spotify is concerned, you know what I'm saying? They're going to fall. That shit's going to go down. That shit's going to go, go crash. And they move they shit, you know, or or keep they shit on title, or if they ain't got they shit on title, get it on title. I don't know what title's paying. I don't know the business behind it. Once again, you know, but that's you know, so that can that can make a huge difference, and you don't need I'm, any I'm, um I'm gonna say any this. white any white person on board. I'm gonna say it's title. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's title did a photo shoot. There was a lot of white people as far as the people who run the company. Who run the company? Yeah, see, I don't like. I said I don't know. I just know that Jay Z's involved. That's that, that when so. it first popped off. So I don't know if that, like shit may have changed. Also, I mean, Jay. But, uh, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was like, don't don't get it muddy, man. It ain't about who's running it. If it's a white person, it's it's about it's about Spotify is paying right. somebody who is insensitive right. and is spreading I, misinformation. And mm-hmm. so let's let's not get off into the weeds about who's running what company and all this type of right. stuff. The, the problem is Joe Rogan we is got somebody out there. I, I hear what you're saying. So, all I'm so, saying so is the, the way to scatter gun. All I'm saying this, is this in the day we we talked about before, white people got to buy into it. White we we, we said on the show many times, white people have to fix the problem. When the you're black right. music is not on there and they want to consume I black see. music, they're gonna get off Spotify. I, and, and they'll go somewhere around right. by some other white dude. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's but what they, I ain't gonna have, out. they ain't going to employ Joe Rogan. That, that's fine. And maybe, that's why we got to say. And, and hopefully Title don't employ another. It, there's more than one Joe Rogan out there. This is true. That's all I'm saying. But, but there's only one Joe Rogan out there, though. No, there's more than one. I'm saying there's yeah, there's another nigga who his name might be Bob Bob Rogan. I understand what you're saying, <laughs> and I hear what you're saying too, Pip. All I'm saying is until white people fucking say. Yes, this shit can't happen. We gonna be running from one spot to another spot to another spot. That's all I'm saying. Well, to to to, to get to what I was about to say. Go ahead, AC. Uh, what I was about to say was, you know, the bigger the bigger issue is, yeah, we once we all do that, what the focus needs to be is what we talked about earlier. How do we anticipate how they're gonna move the goalposts? How's the how do we anticipate how what that's gonna change? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why it's so important that if we do this, everybody doesn't trickle in and then you have, you know, two or three, you know, two or, you know, two or three hundred artists do this and then another two or three hundred stay here. And then we still become separated. The point is to all stay together wherever we go and then anticipate the next move and understand that that's going to be another roadblock and stay strong through that. Yeah, we, we got to. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And I, got, and I said before, like I just said, like literally 10 minutes ago, they don't move the goalposts. They blow up the goddamn football field, bro. Whenever niggas, get, whenever niggas get together, start making money, and we happy, and we like we good. They're by Thomas. I don't want it. They did in 1929. And, I, and, I, and hopefully, I, I'm I, I'm with Joe and uh, fucking and Zeb, and hopefully all y'all. I hope niggas move the fucking title, and niggas go to title, and we make money, and we got black artists there. Ain't no Joe Rogans there. That's what I fucking want. Or whatever it was, it tight, whatever whatever it is, but niggas just go, and we ain't got to deal with white people saying crazy shit while we still get paid zero point zero point three percent on the penny. You know what right. I'm saying? Whatever that platform is, that's what I want. But for some odd reason, whenever niggas is happy, white folks come, fuck it up, and they then say, and, and then say these niggas are disruptive because we mad because y'all fucked it up. Not 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 us, but white people fucked it up. Right. Yeah, but I think AC said an important thing, man. He said we got, you know, you got to when you make that move, you got to do it with the understanding that it is going to be some sort of roadblock in the yeah. future. You know, that's going to be that's going to be put up, and and be ready and and willing to do whatever it takes to uh, fight through that. I mean, we didn't had to do it our whole history through through this in this country, man. Exactly. It's always been one thing or another. So, you know, that's that's pretty much par for the course. It's par for um, the course, but. Yes, it's par for the course, man, and and but that ain't but that can't dictate what we do. No, it can't. You know what I mean? It it can't dictate what we do or what we should try to do. But I'm trying to say is, you think niggas in Greenwood didn't know the fuck that this is gonna happen? You 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 think them them brothers and sisters who had them shops? You think motherfuckers in Rosewood didn't think that that wasn't gonna happen? In countless other cities, didn't think this is gonna happen? Yeah, we got to stay strong. Right. We got to stay strong. We need to stay strong. And in my voice, yeah. the five people who may listen to us, please stay strong. Don't break. Right. You know what I'm saying? Don't break, but, like, niggas know this is going to happen, and then we we forget and we break. So don't break, y'all. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't break. That's that's my only point. We can, and we can just keep moving. Like, we all, I think we all agree. I hope we all agree. Like, I want... I don't want to fuck with the Joe Rogans or Bill Maher's of the world, nigga. Just like we don't need them. They're not good for us. They use us to whatever the fuck to to satisfy their listeners. And then when they once they don't need us, they say fuck us. So fuck them. It's a shame that our fathers and mothers are killed and we can't even see them anymore. It's a shame that we have to go to the graveyard and bury them. And we have tears, and we shouldn't have tears. We need our fathers and mothers to be by our side. Yeah. Yeah. I looked into the past and beyond the scenes. Cause honestly, the plan wasn't to honor me. We was brought here as objects of economy. And since condition against living and autonomy, it bothers me. Dumb that we become realities. A George Floyd, not poised for mankind to see. Instead, murdered and killed like Milano Castile. With no channels to heal and no time to breathe. 
They don't see George Washington Carver Or Bessie Coleman Or Richard Greener That went to Harvard Peek into our minds That's where the artists No matter if our skin is darkened We work hard for this harvest While facing despair, hate, and sadness Against the wind Grinning bare waste that's added All we want is a fair shape and status Now say that names Look at fair faces It matters Let it be written, so let it be done My government got me living in the ghetto and slum It don't add up, how taxes take away from the sum of 99 But take nothing from the 0.1 They feel me, son uh, Melanin popping, black man marching Buildings get to sparking Intricate plots been taking them our folks Since the white lion left from the African coast Rich in minerals, sending out subliminals Like dark skin is another synonym for criminals But black is beautiful down to the cuticle Stand for your rights, it's what I'm telling you to do Rise like a phoenix from the fire, recrucible Rise and react before 12 come and shoot at you Do what you said, it was written in your documents And while we on the subject, I'll be ripping down your monuments Got status and commandments No matter what the damage Trying to understand this Your skin is born with an advantage My skin is covered with a bandage But we covered in his blood I'm trying to follow what his plan is And my feet is gonna keep marching With fire in my heart It didn't start from arson But from the love All the hate is bound to stop I'm trying to see the promised land I'm trying to see the mountaintop
can break bread with your brothers whenever possible. At Walgreens, we know February is the season for L-O-V-E. It's also something sweet for your sweetheart season. Or my favorite, wait, that's today's season? Or the just found out my kid has a crush season. Good luck, Mom. This Valentine's Day, Walgreens makes it easy to quickly get last-minute gifts with pickup in as little as 30 minutes. Because if it's Cupid season, it's Walgreens season. Right now, select fragrances are 20% off. Offer valid through 226 while supplies last. Restrictions apply. See Walgreens.com for details. Hi, this is Matt Driggs from The Advocates. Have you been in an accident but are worried about how much an attorney will cost? Well, what if we told you that you don't pay us anything until we win your case? And we offer virtual meetings as well as online paperwork signing. Let The Advocates fight for the settlement you deserve. UtahAdvocates.com. From the darkest bowels of the interwebs, this is the Hooker and DB podcast. It's free. This is totally free, by the way. We'd never charge you for this, of course. Okay, here we go. The free crap. Uh, I mean, the Hooker and DB podcast. Let's get to our Man Up moments of the day. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Harry Smith, who's 81 years young, okay, out walking his Beagle Mix Sarah, uh, took a spill from his wheelchair, slid down an embankment into a retention pond. Bro, how hard are you hitting those corners on your wheelchair? <laughs> Dude, he is doing it. Man, this thing handles. Hey, turns on a dime. Uh, so he doesn't have the use of his legs, so he wasn't able to get himself out of the water. But his dog, Sarah, uh-huh. right there by his side, splashing up and down uh-huh. and barking loudly. Okay. That's where uh, the other part of our Man Up Moment of the Day comes into play. Edward Suling, who's 58, and Jacob Chaco, who's 49, they're working nearby. They heard the dog. And like, that's not a normal dog bark. What's that, boy? What's that? Is someone in trouble? Is Did an old man fall out of a wheelchair? Let's go. Let's is, there, is there an 81-year-old in a well? What's happening? So uh, <laughs> they said it was a different kind of bark. Yeah. And you can tell. Well, you the, can hear when dogs are upset. The yeah. dogs aren't stupid. They're like, hey. So they both ran over there. They jumped My in the water. My guy fell in the water. Bark, bark. <laughs> grabbed his arms. Uh, the other dude grabbed his legs, got him up on shore. Um, and uh, Saved him. Saved his life. This uh, My man, one of the dudes there, Edward, says, you could just see it in his face. That guy thought he was going to die. Sure. He was up to his neck in yeah. water. Yeah, and my legs don't work, bro. And uh, he said he was yelling, but they're like, we didn't hear him yell. Mm-mm. He's older. He doesn't have the we power. Heard the he heard the dog. To, heard the dog, came running, and uh, they saved him. You're a good girl, Sarah. Good girl. Dog's the real hero, Sarah, you little badass beagle mix. But yeah, yeah dude's alive today because a couple of dudes just paying attention to what's going on, mm-hmm. aware of their Listening surroundings. Listening to the doggies. You got to. They're here to help us. You really, they really are. Let's check in real quick with the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. We have somebody on the horn. That... Uh, hold on. Hold on. There's, there's a phone call. Uh, what? An Olympic phone call? Go ahead, sir. Yeah, nobody's uh, watching the genocide game. Lowest rated ever Olympics. Nobody's watching that crap. Okay. <laughs> well, apparently you guys aren't watching it. Dude, so I'll give the, you a quick recap. The genocide <laughs> games. I was watching some of the ski jumping last night. Yeah. It's so beautiful to see, you know, the nuclear reactor right there by the jump. Right. With the Olympic logo that was painted on it, but it looks like it's melting off. from. I'm, it's a little drippy. I'm only... I'm all the radiation. <laughs> I guess. But I'm sure the athletes are fine. They'll be good. They'll be fine. Great. They're fine. fine. It's crap. 
Why are we having the Olympics in a city that it doesn't snow? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Go on, go on, go but, on. But uh, here's what's happening. Uh, Nathan Chen makes history on ice. Our guy, the uh, the American highest score ever okay. for, uh, on the ice for figure skating. So good for him and good okay. for us. Okay. Uh, Ryan Cochran, singles medal in Super G. It's our first okay. uh-huh. Alpine medal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, U.S. hockey women fall to Canada. So we're, we're not doing but great. But that was a nail-biter. They, uh, those broads really gave those Canucks hell. Yeah, we I did. I was watching part of that this morning. The USA, uh, mm-hmm. four silvers. That's it. All right. On brutal. Sp- on brutal. sports, apparently people actually want to watch. Uh, Tom Brady in the news again. He's just playing the news cycle. Now, you guys, the GOAT knows how to manipulate you people. I'm going to start well, but, calling him the puppet master. But, dude, are you already bored? Yeah, I think he is. Are it's you been, already? Because this doesn't help the gay rumors when you're married to the, the highest paid model in the world mm-hmm. and you've been gone less than two weeks and you're bored? Yeah. Six, <laughs> day, bored? six days. You missed Gronk that much? Tom Brady announced his retirement. He was on the Let's Go podcast and he made it clear that, I don't know, I could come out of retirement. Oh, leaving stop it open. It. Leaving it open. Stop it. I don't know how I feel six months from now. He's a... Tom Brady, he's just he's playing with his fans. That's mm. what it is to me. He's, I believe he's playing the media. Dude, I, well, he could come back, go somewhere else, do something else. He says, I'm not looking to do that, but at the same time, I think you have to be realistic. You never know what challenges are going to be out there. He's going to get bored, dude. He's going to get bored. He's going to get bored. Well, he, misses watch it, him, he misses his best friend. Watch him ruin his, their sully his legacy worse than Brett Favre. Like, I hope. Just go. Just stop. You should have retired last year when right. you won that the Super Bowl with the Bucks, the first, the first time with mm-hmm. the Bucks, yeah, yeah. Before this last failed attempt, I personally blame Antonio Brown. Uh, but uh, dude, just stop, just stop. You quit while you're ahead, bro. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. They're still uh, the lockout. Still going to happen. The this Major is League Baseball. Interesting though. The uh, the Players Association guy Andrew Miller is making the rounds on the media. Uh, he's putting the blame on the shoulders of the owners, saying the lockout doesn't need to happen. We want to play ball. Yeah. Uh, they're the, we just oh, need more money. We need bigger, more ridiculous salaries, and we'll play. He says it comes down. Yeah, finances and concerns about competition throughout the league, trying to make it a little more. A fair, so one team can't monopolize the league. Okay. One of those kinds of things. Anyway, uh, he says no one's taken their ball and gone home. (laughs) Get it? Yeah, Uh, you're so uh, funny, dude. uh, But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens if they show up to uh, spring training or not. Alvin Kamara is arrested after the Pro Bowl. Did you hear about this? The guy from the New Orleans Saints? Yes, everybody loves Alvin. The Vegas police called to the hospital where he was and someone else was, and he was arrested, taken into custody without incident for a battery. Apparently, at a nightclub. So resulting in substantial injury. Someone was hit pretty hard at a nightclub after they won the Pro Bowl. Yeah. At like 5 p.m. Who goes to the clubs in Vegas at 5 p.m.? Or is he still up from the like, night before? Yeah, that's got to be it. That has to be it. That has to be it. But he played in the game. Yeah, but he played in the game. He did, yeah. So there's no way you he was stay up celebrating all night. There's no fools. way you stay up all night playing a game and then go out and party again without cocaine. There's no way. Dude, that doesn't happen. He's in the NFL. Yeah. They, they get the good uh, stuff. I, okay. Better they have a better guy than I do. That's what all are you doing, Alvin? Come on, stop it. Let's talk Super Bowl. It's uh-huh, coming up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, everybody watches and waits to see what's gonna happen. The Super Bowl predicted by Madden twenty two. Uh-huh. Because that game is so realistic with the stats and all that. Mm-hmm. They have the Bengals entering halftime down 14-7 to to the Rams. 
then it's Evan Money McPherson's leg that wins the day. The Madden 22 game predicting that the winning field goal is how it's going to come down to a 24-21 win. Bengals. There it is. Bengals win. Bengals come back. That's uh, Beast Mode playing. That's yeah. his. Uh, that's Beast he was doing Mode the breakdown. In, yeah. He was doing the breakdown. Uh, Joe Burrow's come away with the MVP after a 300-yard performance. Dude, I would love. I do that's not. How, that's I what do Madden not, says. I do not think it is possible for the Bengals to win. I really do not. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and all the Rams defense are going to be in there like swimwear with that Bush League O line that the Bengals have. But I would love to see it. I would love. It to would see be good. It. I would love to see it, but it's not. He's going to get a Von Miller enema about the second quarter. And before we roll out of here, we got to get you hip to the brand new show uh-huh. that DB's in love with. Uh-huh. Break it down for the people. Oh, dude, the Stephen A. Smith show on uh, the ESPN Plus app. He's got this new segment. Well, I'm new to the show. Okay. I'm new to the show. I know it's like maybe about a year old, but it's called Ain't No Way. Oh, you mean this show? Ain't No Way. <laughs> It's so good. If you haven't seen it, it's so good. I was laughing out loud uh, doing cardio at the gym yesterday. Watching this. It was so fun. Hey, no way! Catch it on ESPN Plus, right? It's so good. Let's get to the Rock Hollywood headlines. The Who are going on tour. Nice. Roger Daltrey, Pete Townsend, and his windmill will be taking the stage. Uh, it starts April in Hard Rock Live in Hollywood, Florida. Ends two nights stay in Vegas. That'd be a fun show to see. In Vegas. And they're also, uh, aren't they going to Cincinnati for the first time in like 43 years? Yep, they haven't been back in quite some time. So That's trying badass. To, yeah, it was sidelined two years ago. And so since they've had two years, they're trying to grab more places to go to, to expand the tour. Cincinnati will appreciate that after a Super Bowl win. <laughs> the Super Bowl uh, celebratory show with mm-hmm, the Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be history made at the halftime show for the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. There will be people up there signing for uh, the halftime show. Okay. Along with Eminem and Snoop Dogg. Nice. The first time they've ever had someone who knows ALS to be out on the field. uh, So deaf people will follow along with what's going on. Awesome. Right on. That's the first, so we had to mention it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Razzie nominations are here. Uh, Those are the awards, if you don't know, for people who gave the worst performance in movies. Yeah. Jared Leto's on that for House of Gucci. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Even though I hear there's a very steamy Lady Gaga, Selma Hayek. uh, It got caught. Girl on girl. Yeah, well, but they still filmed it. So it still makes me happy to know that it happened. It exists out there somewhere? It still happened. They kissed. I love it. Uh, Ben Affleck for The Last Duel. Is up for an award? That's a pretty good movie. He's still Ben Affleck, but... uh, I really enjoyed the movie. It's a good movie. I'm a big Ridley Scott fan. And one movie that slipped uh, by my, I, I didn't catch it, was Mel Gibson in Dangerous. I didn't catch that I either. Didn't. I'm going to have to Google that or whatever. I don't know where it, that even is. Yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. Uh, the, weir- the interesting thing about the Razzies this year, Bruce Willis gets his own category. Uh-huh. He made nine movies in 2021. Well, and this is kind of relevant to what's going on with Alec Baldwin. Because these movies that you're talking about, mm-hmm. they they bang these out really cheap and really fast. Yep. And they're not for us here in America. They're they're international movies. They're for the uh, some of the Asian markets mm-hmm. and overseas where they really lap that action up. I mean, like belly up to the bar. They it, can't get enough of our burned out old fat action celebrities. Yeah. And they just bang these out, which is... The kind of movie that Alec Baldwin was making with Rust, which would, you know, lend, uh, you know, credibility to the the arguments about, you know, 
not being competent. As you know, cautious as you know, they should be because they're going of, so quick. They're rushing through it, and you know they don't have the best people around because this is just one a quick job. They need to bang out fast, yeah. put it on streaming, uh-huh. and get it overseas as fast well, as you can. If I'm not mistaken, I think Rust was set, the entirety was set to be filmed in 25 days. It's quick. Yeah. It's very quick by uh-huh. modern uh-huh. Hollywood uh-huh. standards. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, anyway, kind of interesting. He put out nine movies. That is a that is a lot. And he got so paid. Yeah, so paid. Probably. Uh, the speaking of the Super Bowl, the Foo Fighters are going to be doing a virtual reality concert after the Super Bowl game. It'll be uh, you have one of those VR headsets, the Oculus. Oh, okay. In the metaverse. Oh. What? Or if you don't have that, <laughs> you can watch it in two D on Facebook Live. We're just, going to the metaverse. Kind of, kind you know of what? Weird. I'm not going into the metaverse. I can't. I can't. I can't. Can't do it. <laughs> I don't. It's not for you. I'm not even on TikTok yet, bro. I don't have time for the metaverse. Super Bowl <laughs> ads. There's some to be looking out for. New England Patriot Jared Mayo will be teaming up with Pete Davidson for Hellman's mayonnaise. Okay. He's Mr. Mayo mm-hmm. running around. Then there's Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost. You know, they're married, so they're doing an Alexa ad together. Mm-hmm. Uh, General Motors has hired Dr. Evil mm-hmm. to be in their ad. And uh, the Pete Davidson commercial is pretty funny because it's like totally sexual. It's about how he sleeps with everything. Yes. And somehow they worked mayonnaise into that. <laughs> It's. I think the catchphrase is. Uh, How could you not work mayo into Pete Davidson uh, uh, and love making? Uh, I think the catchphrase is. I'd hit it. Yeah, it's about like, using leftovers and not wasting food. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. So, but looking for that, and also, if, if there's anybody who knows anything about leftovers, it's Pete Davidson. <laughs> well, I have to admit something. It's official. I'm a crazy person. Yeah. Well, we know that. We know that. Yeah. Well, so I have uh, grown up as a kid. Uh, when I was living overseas, we didn't have a car. Uh-huh. So when we went grocery shopping, my mom would grab me and my little and my older sister, and it was about three quarters of a mile away, which is forever when you're like six, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd have to carry all the groceries home. Okay. In one trip, obviously, uh-huh. don't leave stuff behind. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'd be loaded up with bags up uh-huh. each arm. My mom would have it, my sister would have it. We'd have to pack mule all this stuff home. Were they plastic bags yeah. back then? Yeah, they were. Just like what we have now, just yeah. the exact same thing? Because yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know bags, that. Uh, I don't they, know yeah, what they're that, doing over there in Asia. Uh, the plastic bags everywhere. So, like, you carry your groceries home in a hollowed-out duck. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what they do over there. And my mom, too cheap to get a the taxi duck cab. Here holding a live duck. These are the groceries. My grocery holders that put it in its bill. Uh, well, my mom, too but cheap the to duck is the groceries. Too uh, too cheap to get a taxi. Uh huh. Or anything to get home. Uh huh. So we had to carry it. I think it instilled some sort of craziness. Uh huh. And now when I Simply pull it in my garage. I have to grab all the grocery bags and get it one trip in the house. Okay, I have to. Otherwise, one I feel, trip, one I trip, one trip. The twelve or pack you failed. Yeah, the box of beer, the twelve pack of soda, all my grocery bags, all of it has to be in mm-hmm. in one trip. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I failed. Okay, and uh, it doesn't always work. I lost, of course not. Last weekend, I lost an entire bag just all over the floor yeah. in the kitchen when I went yeah. running inside because I put too much stress on the bag. Cheap plastic bag, nah. ripped and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought I'd put it out there. Am I the only crazy person out there? I guess I'm not. So that's kind of a little bit of an ease for me. Like Justin does the exact same thing as me. Um, uh, Trish has a little life hack for you guys. Okay. I have groceries. Ikea, for you. Or for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else who's a little nutty like me. She also has to do it in one trip. Ikea blue bags and a wagon. This girl don't play. If you what now? If you she have to use a, a wagon, does it? Did not a wagon's cheating? 
A wagon is cheating. I was that's not ask you about the that's wagon. not that's not that's not no. Disqualified. You're out. It's it's by your own power, with your own arms and hands. You have to do it. Yeah, the wagon is out. And how far are you moving your groceries? That's what I was wondering. How do you just pull a wagon into the house? Yeah, what do you have, a ramp? (laughs) Do you have a grocery wagon ramp? Oh my gosh, do you have a grocery dock? (laughs) That's a lot of groceries. Dang. Uh, Michelle is uh, just like me, so much so that she has to get all the groceries in one trip. Her husband... 3D printed her a grocery bag holder. Now she can do like four bags per holder. Wow. And apparently oh. somebody sent me a link. You can see it on the post on her Facebook page, Hooker DB. Amazon sells them for crazy people like us to get all the grocery well, you bags. You need one. one. You need one. one. Uh, Ashley keeps a laundry basket in the trunk. Okay. So she does the laundry basket. Everything goes in the laundry basket. That's how she That's gets it. That's pretty handy. Like one of those big, shallow, okay. Yeah, yeah. I dig that. That's awesome. That works. That works. That works. A shout out to Rock Family member. I've J- never put this much thought into groceries, ever, <laughs> ever. Dude, most normal and my mom, people and, don't. And my mom, well, but I got, dude, my mom used to sell donuts at the junior high she worked at. Mm-hmm. So we'd have big boxes of donuts and sodas oh, okay. and just all that. But like, I've never put even close to this much thought into, Wow. You guys, you you really do think about this. You're thinking about this hard. And the last one here comes from Jade. I compete for everything. Okay. Literally turn everything into a competition. Groceries, doesn't matter. I do it faster mm-hmm. than the time before. Mm-hmm. Did I do it better, smarter? Did I go in one go versus two? I'm mm-hmm. also the mean parent who beats their kids at board games and video games. I don't play to lose no matter what it is. Yeah. Wow. I don't think you're Take doing no mercy on I your children. I don't think you're doing your kids any service letting them win. Nah. No, no, no. And you got to stay dominant over those little guys. For as long it's as you in, can. It's important that your children always respect your authority. That's why, pro tip, parenting mm. dad move, yeah. you let your, your sons, you let them see you naked while they're toddlers. Uh-huh. And then never again. Never again. So in their minds, right. it's you. It's just, it's the death star. You're so huge. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. Striking yeah. fear in their hearts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. It's like all about her. getting in those kids' heads and staying there. There you go. Life hacks are plenty. Nice. Here comes your tanky trash news flash. This is hilarious. Up in Oregon, a woman says she was tricked into thinking she was a DEA agent in training. Apparently, she was going to the local college for criminal justice. And that's when Robert Golden, which sounds like an alias, uh, got a hold of her and started taking... Like a, like a university, a community college? Like a college. community college, okay, criminal okay. justice. Okay, okay. Uh, that's what she was taking classes for. Mm-hmm. That's when Robert Golden took her under his wing to mentor her in the DEA. Okay. Uh, he was recently charged with impersonating a DEA agent after Portland police spotted a bulletproof vest in an open trunk of his parked car that said DEA on it. They're like... That doesn't look right. So they started asking a couple of questions. They found this whole scam out. She says that Golden even made her believe uh, during the training that they went on ride-alongs at night. He's like, have you ever seen that one movie? Okay, look, you're I'm Al Pacino, and you're Colin Farrell. <laughs> they uh, develop confidential <laughs> informants by speaking to the homeless people. Uh, right. Uh, well, yeah. He, yeah. Put, he put red and blue lights in the grill of his Dodge Charger to make it even more official flick it on every now and then, which is impersonating an officer, which is very, very against the law. Hey, what, you can't just have, I'd like to have lights, uh, I'm thinking about adding lights to my car just so I can flat, you know, just to let people know I appreciate it. Hey, looking good. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> uh, helped her, uh, training her to use a gun, the ride-alongs. Uh, eventually. So uh, did he sleep with her? 
Did they put the P in the V? Did the train go in the tunnel? What if, what if he did? told investigators that he and the woman, listen, we're just into some hardcore costume play. So were they romantic? No. No? He th- I think he was trying to do something, but she he was, was trying to get there, but she, she was like, no, I don't want to start my DEA career sleeping with my supervisor. I'm going to earn it. I'm not going to sleep yeah. my way to the hey, top. Hey, I'm, I'm not getting there like Chelsea Handler did. I'm doing it the honest way. I want to tell you something cool that's going on with Elon Musk and yeah. SpaceX. Yeah. He uh, reported down there uh, in Fiji with plans to help restore internet to the kingdom of Tonga. Yeah, because Tonga's engineers on the- yeah, the, Tonga's still taking the high hard one. Uh, no internet at all mm-hmm. after the big volcanic eruption tsunami. Uh, no internet at all. Can you imagine? Uh, you're already on an island. No, you're already on an island in the middle of nowhere, and now they take away Corey Chase? Yes. My God. What are you going to do? Pa- I, I don't know. I'm surprised the whole country is in a state of panic. In case you don't know, there's giant cables underneath the ocean, and that's how- That's how inter- they get their internet, internet. the old-fashioned way. So uh, that eruption damaged an undersea telecommunications cable. Uh, it's going to take months to go find that and haul it up and repair it and drop uh-huh. it back down. So SpaceX, you know, he's got that... Uh, Starlink. Starlink satellites that help mm-hmm. bring satellite internet to places. Uh, the SpaceX engineers are boots on the ground right now, so they're setting up how these guys can receive it from space. Uh-huh. And then it will have internet again. It will mm-hmm. have uh, commerce and communication starting back up. SpaceX uh, apparently reported to uh, show a lot of interest in providing internet to that whole island region permanently going forward. Yeah. Yeah, this so uh if it works out. So Buddha and I were just talking with a local lady, Verda, super Tongan, can't say her last name, okay. who was very, very lovely, but telling us about everything they're dealing with over at Tonga since the the tsunami and the volcano and how they, the people in Tonga, mm-hmm. through the power of Twitter, personally sweated Elon Musk into this. And there's a whole nother other great like real Aquaman story about a 57-year-old Tongan gentleman who got washed away and he was swimming for over 27 hours after this. So, uh, and you know, we talk about this obviously because we have such a big Polynesian community here in Salt Lake and you know, you guys are all such good people that uh, that's awesome. I hope they get set up. The Tongan people, strong arm and Elon Musk. Isn't that great? And he responded. (laughs) Yeah. Right away, he hit Fiji up on Twitter. Uh By the Uh way, I said, is it cool if we do this? And they said, "Uh, yeah, please. Yeah. Do you mind? It's been days, days. No one's buying Amazon. No one's looking at porn. It's a nightmare. It really is. By the way, they families do- are having dinner. Elon, please help us. In case you're wondering, it's just the internet. Uh, they gave cell phones to shrimp uh, fishermen in Chile, and it changed their industry because they stopped getting screwed by big companies because they could look up the price of shrimp. It's like it's, it's simple things like that for these island communities. Where it's, they need the internet to, it's a global it's situation. It's information, man. It's how information. We, absolutely. So uh, I hope he gets it up and running. And uh, very cool. Shout out to you, Verna, bro. Yeah. Did I'm, you see I'm, the video? I'm loving the video. I, and also, this is a little something extra for me because I, my teenage, I was my daughter lived with me when she was a teenager through junior yeah. high and high school. Uh huh. And it reminds me of all, like, this is the fun part of parenting sometimes, to find out what they get into, Dude. what they find interesting, what they gravitate to. My daughter loved old, like, rock t-shirts before it was a thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you what, today, uh, uh, to, today uh, I'm in the market for a Bob Seger t-shirt yeah. for my boy. <laughs> so uh, my wife, for the company my wife works for, and again, I'll just say this, they do not want me saying the name of, they don't want me to be associated with They don't them. like the likes of us. Yeah. 
But my wife works for a very reputable, very cool company, and they do stuff all the time. And mm-hmm. they so they sent out a record player uh, because they're they're kind of their their corporate motto this year for 2022 is is vi- good vibes. Okay, so they sent her out, so they sent her out a, a record player or a turntable. I don't even really know how to say it, but she has this thing in our house, and we don't have any vinyl at my pad. Like yeah. any, we don't. Everything's on the iHeartRadio app or, sure. or whatever you're using. Uh, but you should be using the iHeartRadio app. And uh, and so we up here, uh, Hooker and I here at the radio station, we're kicking around the front office yesterday. And uh, there's some Bob Seger records that are some free, you know, freebie swag that yeah. we have here at the radio station. And our good friend at the front office, Katie James, said, hey, go ahead, take them. So I took home a Bob, couple Bob Seger records. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, just, just so my wife could use it, I also ordered her a Doors record because my wife's a way back in the day Doors fan. Yeah, Jim she's even got, fan, She's yeah. even got a Doors tattoo, and uh, and so. But my son Connor, my thirteen-year-old son, is yeah. really locked on to this, and he's like super into vinyl now. And I, and this is the part where I have to IO some apologies. And super I super into vinyl. He's no he, got one. He is well. He's got the doors and two Bob Seegers, and okay. I ordered a Leonard Skinner just uh, yesterday nice. because I love Leonard Skinner. And uh, so I haven't really listened to vinyl since my mo- since I moved out of my parents' house. My sure. mom had some old Glenn Yarbrough records because baby, the rain must fall. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so, but I'm listening to it. And I'm kind of into. I'm kind of getting into it, which Are is you? why I ordered the Leonard Skinner album the other day. Yeah. And yesterday, there's a video of my son doing his homework, listening to Bob Seger up on the the Facebook page. But this is listen to my hipster jerk little son. This is what he oh, said okay. yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I asked him like, so why are you? I asked him what the deal was, like what? Because we all listen to music all the time. He's got a radio. He's got a Bluetooth speaker in his bedroom. He's got. Yeah, all of us have. There's music, music all over everywhere. my. I work in radio for a long time. Mm-hmm. Love music, and I asked him. I was like, "Why are you feel? What's the? Di- who cares? It's just music." And he said, "And here, let me hear it. Let, you I got it. Read it out. Okay, hold on. You got to pull, pull it up. If you listen to this music on your phone, you wouldn't get the vibe. <laughs> this little jerk what? has the. He's like, yeah, you wouldn't if you listen to this music. And he's talking about the Seeger greatest hits yeah, record. He started ten minutes ago. Now he's talking vibes. <laughs> What? I was looking around for his ukulele and his 12-pack of Paps hey, Blue you, Ribbon. Did you grow a man bun overnight, Connor? What's happening <laughs> no, to you? No, he actually just cut it off. But he is, <laughs> he is a little hipster. So, And, dude, and then, so I bought the Leonard Skinner uh, record. It should be coming any day now. Merkel. And then I decided, okay, I'm, because there is, I don't know how to describe it, but the there's, it's almost like there's more music in the room. I don't know how to describe it. It's more full-bodied. It's just, what? how would you describe it? Because you're a super into vinyl kind of guy. I'm not. I know our boss Casey is. Casey, feel free to call. Casey knows more than I do. But, uh, but I, you're into, like, just, I, I mean, quite a few the records, music. But... It's yeah, just it, beefier, right? It's I, just a little bit more. Something about it, yeah. I don't know why it is that, but it is that. So I fell down the rabbit hole yesterday, and I started looking at, dude, you can spend $2,000 on a, on a turntable. Yes, you, you can. can spend two thousand dollars, and there's people who do probably enough money to fix my car on a turntable. <laughs> 
I had no idea. I had no idea. But and but, I didn't realize how expensive records are. I bought a... Yeah, that Leonard Skinner one was like 40 bucks. Yes, dude. That's Because <laughs> here's why I got into it. I, got, I wanted to leave... I read a story a long time ago about Bruce Willis. And he is a huge music fan, blues uh, fan, plays yeah, harmonicas yeah, yeah. in a band. Yeah. He wanted to leave his music collection to his daughters when he died because okay. he's amassed a lot of music. Uh-huh. That's when he learned that you can't transfer Apple music accounts. Uh huh. And so I, I don't know why that always stuck with me. And I figured, uh-huh. well, when I'm gone, um, I want my kids to know a little bit about what I was into. Mm-hmm. So I've been picking up records from my mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. Like you love Skinner, so mm-hmm. you bought a Skinner. Yeah. I got a couple of fun ones like that. And it's something I it's tangible that I can leave my well. It'll leave, be nice for your kids to leave, get something, something <laughs> other than a bill. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, doing my I doing what I maybe they can sell a couple of records, pay for the funeral, <laughs> but uh, hopefully it'll or be worth maybe something. they could use the cardboard cardboard to make, put together a makeshift casket for you. a nice little a pyre to put me on. Anyway, like a Viking. The boy is super into it, and yeah. I gotta be. Uh, first of all, I am absolutely capital F word thrilled to see his enthusiasm towards music. Really, yeah, and that's I, good. And he always had it, but now it's super duper extra now with the vinyl, and uh, and I'm into it too. I don't know. I'm glad you I found think, honestly. You I don't you know. Found I don't know. I kind of hate myself. I don't know because I'm. You talked a lot of trash. Well, I'm anti hipster everything. I know. <laughs> Speaking of kids, we got a Rock Family member in trouble. This is pretty funny. This is really funny. I say just... Okay, there's a couple... Go ahead. Couple, so break it down. Break it down. They're expecting baby boy on the way. The only name this couple agrees on is the name Charlie. Okay. It's a classic. Okay. Yeah, Charlie. Charlie. Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Chuck. Charlie, Charlie Sheen, who doesn't want to be named after Charlie Sheen. Well, that's not who the Charlie they're referencing. It turns out... That they had a beloved dog named Charlie who passed away two years ago from cancer. Oh, see, and now I, she's they're worried. This couple's worried about being judged for you know potentially naming your future son after a dog. Okay, now, so can you name a kid after a dog? Yes or no? Ah, it feels like no, but there's <laughs> kind of, but it, it, it feels the like most... it feels like no, but there's extenuating circumstances. Sure. So in my house, we have a lab mm-hmm. who is get he is starting to get older we just found out we were digging through some records he's just over 10 years old so yeah. he's entering the golden he's entering the winter of his doggy life sure. and it's very emotional we're kind of like his teeth are getting a little met the face is white his teeth are a little messed up yeah. he's a he's not quite as johnny footed he's he not quite before. as johnny on the spot up and down the stairs as he used to be and uh it's sad so and and I usually kind of make fun of people for this, so pardon me. But like, he really feels like <laughs> like we really love our dog. And I make fun of people that overly publicly love their dogs and take their dogs in public too often. But it's they they really do feel like a part of the family. And if little Why furry not? Charlie was a part of the family, I guess maybe is that just something you don't tell people about all the time? You just say, "Hey, Charlie, he's named after Uncle Charlie." Just unofficially make the dog an uncle. Yeah, uh, Uncle, nobody's ever met or have any photographs yeah, of. Yeah, don't ever. worry about it. <laughs> he did some time. <laughs> He's the bad uncle. But So why'd you name me after the bad uncle? <sighs> because he was so cool. So will that damage a kid growing up knowing he was named after the a pet? Oh, I don't dog? know. I never even thought about the psychological ramifications. That's what I was thinking of about. Of which there appeared to be many. Oh, no. You have an unusual can name. You name a dog? Can you name a kid? Uh, can you name a kid after a dog? I don't know.
Well, I don't. We have a couple, a Rock family member out there. They're expecting. They've got a lot on their minds. We need to help them solve this question. Do you know anyone who's ever been call, uh, named after a dog? Call us. Okay. Or do that, you know? Or that do works. You, or do you know a, a person, a dog named? A, gosh, because you always hear about people named dogs named after people. Excuse me. Sure. I mean that's a thing. Your dog's named after a person. Yeah, my dog's named after Mel Gibson. Riggs. Yes. When he's not going by his full Christian Catholic name. Melius Gibsonus. Okay, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, Riggs. He G- is named after Mel Gibson, and he is a practicing Orthodox Catholic. Oh, just like uh, just like the, Mel Gibson, his, his namesake. Yes, yes. Uh, what does this couple do? Can you name your son Charlie after the dog? After a dog, Charlie. Can you name your baby after something that licks its own butt? A lot of people uh, have some very passionate answers to the question of, can you name a kid after a dog? Well, I do. There's lo- Rock Family uh, members that are going through it right now. They're pregnant. Their son will be here soon, and the only name they can agree on is Charlie. Turns out Charlie was a dog they had, died of cancer two years ago. Well, I'd love to say that uh, all the phone calls that we have holding mm-hmm. and that we're ready to go with right now mm-hmm. uh, are because people are so passionate about children but that's not the truth. People <laughs> care more about dogs than they do about kids. Look, let's stop lying to ourselves mm. already, okay? Want to stop okay. lying to yourself? Okay. Elizabeth. I got two two dogs, one kid. <laughs> Elizabeth would like you to quit lying to yourselves, everybody. She okay. commented on Facebook, if you want to be disappointed, do it. That dog was probably the best dog ever. Does the baby have that potential? Ooh. But see, but see, and uh, but you can always be like, ah, I wish you were as good as the dog you were named after. You're always going to be confused. Every time you say the name, the dog's memory is going to be evoked. Oh, you can't I, separate I totally the two. Forgot. I totally forgot. When I was growing up, yeah. we had a, so I've got a sister named Katie. Yeah. Or at least I'm told I've got a sister named Katie. And when I was a little guy, my dad brought home a rescue Doberman also named Katie, oh. and this dog was vicious. We actually a- a- had to put it down because it bit a bunch of people. But uh, <laughs> but my dad would call for my sister, and I, and the dog would always be right there. Dog right there. first. Sister nowhere to be found. Dog right there. Oh, it was a great dog. Big those big long doby ears, just beautiful. Oh, I miss that dog. Brad says, <laughs> along your point, makes it easier to call everybody to dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dogs will listen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as long as you had the dog first, it's okay. You okay. can't have them at the same time. That's okay. a rule Nelson wants See, to bring but that, up. And it was very confusing for the Doberman and my sister. I believe there was a little bit of a power struggle between my Doberman. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Dan, bring something up here. Okay. Officer Dan? No. No, just, okay. Just okay. Uh, rock family okay. Dan Newton. Yeah, that's Officer Dan Is that from Officer Oklahoma, Dan? Sergeant Dan. What up? He's part of our Oklahoma. I only know him as Officer Dan. I didn't realize it was uh, Oklahoma last Dan. He's part of our Oklahoma rock family. Yeah. God bless you, Dan. He goes, uh, once again, Officer Dan here to best us uh-huh. with an even better story than okay, anything we okay. have. Okay, well, when you're dealing constantly with the lowest of society, Dan, you're going to always have better stories than us. Dan says, Officer Dan, excuse me, I'll do you one better. My daughter is named Cooper after a dog from a movie. We saw the movie, and we were both like, wow, I like that dog's name. And bam, she got saddled with a boy dog name. (laughs) She sounds hot, bro. Wow. That's funny. That's funny, funny, funny. Officer Dan, there we go. Sergeant Dan, he recently got promoted. Give give Sergeant Dan his due. Well, He's I'm a detective. Just sticking my foot in my mouth hey, all over the place, Sergeant Dan. My apologies. You're not allowed to believe in coincidences anymore. You're a detective now. 
Couple comments real quick on whether or not you can name a child after a beloved dog like Wooden Rock family member is dealing with right now. Her son will be here soon, and they want to name him Charlie. It's the only name her uh-huh, and the man agree on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, here's something from Tina sent me an email. My dad named a dog after me because my sister said, name her Sheena. It looks like Tina. And then my dad liked the name. Had that dog for 14 years. Yeah, it hurt my feelings. And I knew even at the age of 12 it was wrong for him to do that. <laughs> so the dog's name was Sheena. Sheena. Her not, name is Tina. So it's not the same. And when it was born, of course, it's an older sister. Uh-huh. Going, the dog looks like my sister. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So name it Sheena. It looks like Tina. I once knew a lady who the whole family told the youngest sibling that she was found in a porta potty while they were out camping. And that joke slash, I guess, lie mm-hmm. lived in that family until those children were adults. My sister told me and, I was adopted when I was and, a kid. And it hurt this young woman. Do I look okay to you? Oh, bro. Exactly. exactly. We run out of Band-Aids every week. Hey, it took her DB. <laughs> How's it going? Good, man. What's up? Well, see, I got a, I got a little bit different perspective on that because I've actually always wanted a daughter, and I've always wanted to name my daughter Alexia. And unfortunately, throughout my life, I've never been able to produce a girl, and so I've named one of my dogs Alexia. Okay. My okay. dogs are like my children. I don't see much of an issue when it comes to naming your child the same name that you would give your loved dog. What kind of dog is it? Pitbull. Is she spayed? No, she's not. Oh my gosh, so you're one of those dads. (laughs) (laughs) But I like to keep my dog intact. Uh Uh-huh. I did intend on breeding her, but I've not had the opportunity to do so either. Well, just since we're talking, a lot of people may not realize if your dogs don't get to be full size when you spay and neuter them. I don't know how many people know that, but it's true. I mean, especially the younger you chop that action off, the the smaller just they stay in general. There, I know way too much about dog genitals. Yeah, you do. <laughs> a lot about dog genitals. So much about dog genitals. It's a dog my genital hobbyist. It's my passion. Yeah. Well, bro, send us a pic. Send us a pic of your fur daughter. Uh, I love it. And you kept the whisker biscuit intact. Nice. P.S. Love the kid, love the dog. P.S. I've been trying to say whisker biscuit on the air for a week. Congratulations, buddy. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt Driggs from The Advocates. Have you been in an accident but are worried about how much an attorney will cost? Well, what if we told you that you don't pay us anything until we win your case? And we offer virtual meetings as well as online paperwork signing. Let The Advocates fight for the settlement you deserve. UtahAdvocates.com. This Valentine's Day, you know just what to get that special someone because you know what makes them tick. Their favorite bouquet of roses and a box of cho- Roses and a scented can- A teddy bear. Roses and a teddy bear. Yeah. Teddy bear. So head on over to proflowers.com to get fresh this Valentine's Day and get 15% off gifts for your special someone with promo code CRUSH15. That's CRUSH15 at proflowers.com for 15% off through February 14th on flowers, gifts, and more for Valentine's Day. See website for details. Let's get to our D-bag of the day. This is just a reminder that don't try to be clever if you're not really clever. Yeah, but it's hard to know I'm not clever when I'm stupid. Instead, I, but because I've got all the stupid confidence in the world. Well, Adam Castle is one of those stupid, confident guys that are yeah, out there. Yeah, He got stopped by police out there in Kentucky, and he knew, man, I'm in trouble. 
pop quiz hotshot, what do you do? Adam Castle knew that he's in trouble because he recently failed to show up to court for drug trafficking charges. Well, I was busy. <laughs> My kid had a thing at school. Look. So- we're trying to decide on a name for our dog. We're okay, all tied up. I'm busy. I'm so busy. So he knew there was warrants out for his rest. So he goes, "I." That's a terrible feeling. I've had that feeling. I'm sure you have. That's a terrible yeah. feeling when you know Johnny Laws just lurking or behind every corner. As soon as those lights go on, and you're like, "Uh," whoop, whoop, whoop. start eating stuff in your car. Mm-hmm. He knew there'd be warrants for his arrest because, you know, he even he, even though he's stupid confident, knew that missing court's a bad idea. Yeah. So I'm going to give cops a fake name. Nice. Come nice. up with an alias. You nice. have an alias, don't you? Yeah, of course I do. Carlos the Blade. <laughs> nice. The, the Blade. Uh-huh. That's uh, my last name. The, the Blade. Blade. One word. Uh, of the Kentucky, the Blades? No. Oh. No. Arkansas, the Arkansas. Blades. Arkansas. Harrison, Arkansas, the Blades. Arkansas, the Blades. He claimed his name was Stephen Clements. So they ran the name through the system, and he's like, ha-ha, got uh, it's, it too, it's too common. My name's Adam Castle, and I'm the big winner. Nope. Turns out Stephen Clemens also has some warrants out for his arrest. Oh. Now oh. he's facing his original drug skipping out on court charges and plenty of new fun ones like identity Lying theft. To the police. Lying to the cops, yeah. giving him a fake name. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just uh, when you're caught, you're caught. Deal with it, man. Don't oh. try to weasel out. Oh. Don't be. Don't be. Adam Castle. Don't be a D-bag. Have you noticed celebrities are jumping all over the tequila train as of late? Dude, I'm so tired of people trying to pretend like tequila's cool all of a sudden. Well, George Clooney started it with Casa Amigos. He was the yeah, first real yeah, tequila yeah, yeah. guy. Oh, mm-hmm. Sammy Hagar was the first real tequila guy. Sammy Hagar was the first real tequila guy. Prior to that, it was Cuervo, I want to puke my guts out, rage against the machine, children partying, yeah. or Patron. And then Sammy started bringing us some of the other, I mean, in my limited knowledge of, of the spirit. Sure. George Clooney's Casa Amigo sold for $1 billion in 2017. Dwayne Johnson's Terramina Tequila is, is up there. Uh, what are their name? Kendall Jenner, 818. Hell, Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston have one called Dos Hombres Mezcal. Yeah. Tequila mm. sales are on the rise. Uh, and if I It could think- become the most, well, vodka still kicked. Okay, yeah. But tequila is coming up as being America's favorite spirit. Very, very close. Oh, my gosh. Do you like having unwanted children and a headache all the time? What are you doing? Another thing is tequila. Do you, do you enjoy not being able to find your car? What are you doing? <laughs> Stop drinking tequila, people. It uh, Apparently, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they do a lot of mixed drinks. You think you go because arenas are now selling mixed drinks instead yeah. of just beer. Uh-huh. So you go see a football game like uh, Tony... Uh, Abu Gain says, hey, man, if we put a better margarita in your hands, you're going to buy a margarita if I can get it for the same price. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of mixed drinks out there. Tequila's just such a heavy drunk. Like, you're so drunk when you're drunk on tequila. Like, you're, like my good friend, one of the time, I know a lady who uh, was part of the group of people that I went down to the Fiesta Bowl with in another lifetime ago, and uh the, when this the, when this particular woman drinks tequila, she wears pasties because they're coming out. Hi, Brooke. I hope you're listening. <laughs> and not and not Brooke Mega, who we used to work with. This is a different Brooke. But uh, yeah, tequila's brutal, bro. I, People get you get wasted on tequila. I'm, Are we forgetting that? I've never been tequila drunk because I'm afraid of it. Yeah, and you should be. So the, yes. the people I hung with, like they, they're like, tequila we don't, we don't demands drink respect. Don't I don't drink tequila? I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not either. The people yeah. I hung out with, so yeah, kind of. Tequila is only for black belt drunks, like uh, Ron White or, <laughs> or 
are, you know, people of that nature. Ron White, I think, has a tequila now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. It's only for the double black diamond drinkers, okay? <laughs> it really is. Everybody go outside when you get home today. Check underneath your deck. Oh, my gosh. This is terrifying. I could not sleep. Read the story. Listen to this. Yeah. This is a nightmare. This is literally a nightmare. A couple in Connecticut discovered that underneath their back deck is a black bear hibernating. That's right. It came wintertime, and that black bear wandered out of the woods underneath their deck, curled up in a little ball, and is sleeping underneath their back deck. You've got a serial murderer underneath your porch. It's been a lot of commenters, because, uh, of course, you post that kind of stuff to Facebook, uh, praising the couple for letting the bear crash under their deck, but others are worried about what's going to happen when it wakes up in March. What if it wakes up now? Yeah. Hey, bro, I, I wake up during the night. To go quite pee. A, I got to go, go pee, pee in the night. Sometimes I eat. I, I eat and pee. I don't know the state of that bear's prostate. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that. they ought to get under there and check. I'm not touching a Give bear. Give a black bear a prostate check. That's why it's poking a bear with a stick, DB. That's the <laughs> no, definition of that. with my finger. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, can you imagine? Giving a black bear a prostate exam Why it's hibernating underneath a porch in Connecticut? Yeah. Yes, I can. Yes. Of course. Well, I know, Hold on. I'm doing it. Now. I know you know a lot about dog genitals. I'm wondering and, uh, if that extends. Bear prostates? Yeah, bear. Well, bears bear are product. very similar. Very Actually, closer to pigs than they are dogs, if you must know, from a prostate point of view. <laughs> <laughs> Hooker and DB. Mornings 5 till 10 on Rock 106.7, Utah's best rock. Hi, this is Matt Driggs from The Advocates. Have you been in an accident but are worried about how much an attorney will cost? Well, what if we told you that you don't pay us anything until we win your case? And we offer virtual meetings as well as online paperwork signing. Let The Advocates fight for the settlement you deserve. UtahAdvocates.com.